Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy today's episode, brought to you by Elaine's exhaustion from work. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting from our movie genre, movies that in our opinion have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see these films on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you can give these films a second chance. Today's pick... On the podcast... Is it... (laughs) (laughs) Is it Lane's... Man! What pick... It's my birthday pick for Carly, Woo. Woo, where we celebrate Carly and the month of her birth. I just love this button. And also, I love Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, you know what we should do after this? Watch, Watch Thor, Thor Ragnarok? Ragnarok? If you want to, I guess. I don't know. All right. Well, the movie I picked that I think Carly should have done and picked is the movie 61. Six one asterisks. It came out in 2001, and this was a made-for-TV movie. But the TV um, channel being HBO. HBO. <laughs> so there was no commercials. No. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. If there had been commercials. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be three hours. Yeah. All right. This movie got a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. So they liked it. <laughs> it has a 90% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and an 82 thometer score. So it was certified fresh. Everybody loves this fucking movie. It because made, it didn't make any money. Because it made zero money. <laughs> no, it made money. HBO had to pay for the movie made. Well, there's Billy no- Crystal made the movie and said, okay, HBO, give me $50 million and I'll give you this movie. That's how that works. This movie has no box office and therefore made no money. That's it, although one of the things on Rotten Tomatoes said it did Netflix have a list. Not big movies. It so kind I'm, of falls under Netflix movie rules, so right? Yeah. Exactly if you didn't falls. have the network, you couldn't watch well, the movie. Right. One of the <laughs> things I read said there was some kind of limited um, theater release, but they I did couldn't it in, find uh, Fargo. Yeah, but I couldn't find any Which kind is where of Roger statistics. Is from. No. And we don't know what the budget for this movie was, so we don't really know how much. They didn't say. No. I don't suspect it would have been too much. But this was not seen by too many people. There's not a lot of really big names in it other than Billy Crystal. Yeah, well, this... So, this was um, starred Barry Pepper. The great And he was hired... This is right... This is peak Pepper. Because he Pe- just started... <laughs> this is before he did Battlefield Earth and everybody went, what the fuck? Well... <laughs> He did knockaround guys, and he did this, and he did Battlefield Earth all right in a row. So he starred in a bunch of movies in this little se- in and none of those little really second. <laughs> none <laughs> of those movies. Strike one, strike two, strike two, you're out. Well, not, none of those like movies did great, guys, and but he, it's not a good movie. It's terrible. <laughs> he works very consistently, but all of his roles are very small. Like he was in. Um, oh, he was the sniper in Saber Private Ryan. He reminds yeah. me of that's um, what got him this role because he looked like Roger Maris. Yep. Oh, he reminds yeah, he me does. of uh, <laughs> what's his name from uh, John Carter. Oh, the main character. Yeah. Oh fuck, what's Anybody, that guy's name? I can't remember. Ta- <gasps> Low Taylor, Gambit. Taylor, Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch. And the guy from um, God damn it. You're sucking today, Tony. Yes, I know. He I know. really is. Fuck. But the guy who played Mickey Mantle, he thought was Aaron Eckhart. He was like, that's for a the second. Thing for, a second. <laughs> for a second. For a second. Thomas Jane is a welcome back to the podcast. For a second. <laughs> the Punisher. Um, Lestat. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, oh, Stuart Townsend. Stuart Townsend. I think he's like that where he just 
he can't quite get his foot into being like a lead man. But, right. But all three of them are good actors. I just they, watched another Stuart Townsend movie. It came out years ago. It was called um, uh, Shade. It had a bunch of people in it. It had like Stallone was in it. Really? And, yeah. Was it good? It was okay. It wasn't great. It was on, um, it was either Netflix or Amazon. So it's free. The Shade. Well, this movie was directed by Billy Crystal. And he's actually directed more movies than I thought. He also directed... Billy Crystal, of course, of um, uh, Princess Bride fame. Or Have City fun storming the castle. Or City Sicker, Slickers. Slickers. Harry Met Sally. Harry yeah. Met But right. he also directed Forget Paris and Mr. Saturday Night, which I did not realize. Mr. Saturday Night was one of those weird movies where I thought it was going to be better than it was. <laughs> and it was written by a guy named Hank Steinberg, who is a TV writer. He is the creator of without of the TV show Without a Trace. Oh, wow. Also, he created two other TV shows that had super long runs. One called The Last Ship and one called The Nine. I don't know Never what those aired on. Maybe they were Showtime or Stars or something Could like be. that. But like this dude, I'm sure makes a shit ton of money. But it's mostly as well, a TV yeah. writer. He only had like one other movie um, writing credit, and it was something I never heard of. Well, now correct me if I'm wrong here, but a lot of this was coming straight from Billy Crystal's memory of the 1961 baseball season. Um, so his memory of the season, and also he was a longtime fan, uh, or a big not a, of actual Mickey Mantle. So a, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of this uh, movie is taken from stories that Mickey told um, Billy. Billy. That's I so, watched a documentary on the DVD. That's why I bring yes, it up. Yes, there's a very good... <laughs> we watched it on YouTube. <laughs> there's a very good documentary on the DVD that talks about the past and... It's Billy Crystal. It's about Billy Crystal's and his, experience. Yeah. But... So if you like Billy Crystal. So this cool. movie is, of course, based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they like, they got, but they didn't get a whole lot wrong. Like well, there's a lot of when you say based on true stories, like that was yeah. fucking close. Well, let me tell you, like there I, was a guy, <laughs> but this seems. Well, Tony kind of looked it up because he was. I was like, did Mickey Mantle go back and play more? Because I don't know anything about baseball. What? I I'm not kidding you. I they, they both, don't like baseball. <laughs> they, they both played for a considerable long period of time. After yeah, and Tony's this. like, yeah, but then we we're like, man, with that wound that they showed, and, but he looked it up, and that really didn't happen. And Mickey so, Mantle, like, he held on for quite a while. He didn't die till it was like. Hey. I of course have two reviews, mm-hmm. and when I was searching for the bad review, most of the people who shit on this movie were really pissed at the historical accuracy and accuracy or inaccuracy um inaccuracy sorry or about so they left you know three pages of bullet points of how this wasn't true and that wasn't true and that's not how frick really felt and like the asterisk thing was not real like they were it was just like a separate record but there was they didn't talk about an asterisk it wasn't a thing and he and frick wasn't as against the he wasn't so pro babe yeah he wasn't so pro babe as they made it out mm-hmm. and like and uh there's the bit with uh, mrs ruth saying that babe, the babe loved this record that's not true you know that his favorite record was a pitching record <laughs> which was also broken this year by whitey ford yes so like there was you know of course it's based on mickey Mantle stories and billy crystal's recollection as a child and then of course it is also a movie that they're trying to play but mm-hmm. and people were really mad about the way that they portrayed um roger marison mickey Mantle. like these are their heroes and to have them be so whiny and to have <laughs> mickey Mantle be out carousing and drinking all the time even though that stuff is based on stuff that mickey Mantle like actually mickey Mantle said told him yeah, yeah. But that was true. Yeah, really he was not whoring up actually he told me he was so I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go with mickey over you yeah. <laughs> but 
<clears throat> also, do you know who holds the baseball record now? This is fun. For uh, home the single run season record? home run record. Also, all time home runs because it's the same person. I don't. Okay. Barry Bonds. Oh, Barry Bonds. 73. And he also has like 755 home runs. Well, because I. Both kn- records at one point hold by the babe. I knew that. I knew that are somebody these real had. Records? These or are real these, records. Uh, <laughs> Juice records. Uh, I can't confirm okay. or deny that. I knew that Mark, my uh, Mark was his name. To be fair, right. Babe Ruth was fucking juiced. I mean, not juiced. Uh, drunk off his boy <laughs> half the time anyway. So <laughs> who knows what kind of drugs he was doing? True. I knew that Mike Mark McGuire did not hold the record for very long. No, he broke his was... own record. I think. Mm-hmm. Sammy Sosa. But speaking of reviews, <clears throat> one out of ten stars by um, P. Motian. A complete travesty. <laughs> Billy Crystal promised to make a tribute to the golden age of sport. A time when the games were played by athletes, not corporations. A time when the game was more important than money. His movie concentrates on all the wrong things. He sees only the media, not the men. He should be ashamed to have disgraced the memory he purports to hold so dear. Wow. I know. Now, see, I don't know what Billy Crystal promised. <laughs> but, so, because I never heard of this movie until you picked <laughs> This one's going to be, because you're not really into sports, and this is like deep cut sports stuff. Well, <laughs> and got, then. How are you in your 60s sports, Carly? I'm, I'm not. <laughs> other than. other Even than a little bit. <laughs> other than people in this movie, give me one other sports star from that. I got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well, okay. We were listening to Sandlot. Was Hank Aaron in this area? This era? <laughs> Not this one, no. Mm-hmm. All right. Because Babe took his card. We listened to that part on the way here. And he's like, I don't know why, but I want to keep this. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Well, and then we got Pam Aruchu, who scores a 10 out of 10. So it's hits a home run. You don't have to be a baseball fan to enjoy this film. The actors bring the characters to life and make you feel like it's 1961 all over again. Billy Crystal hits the mark with this movie and his love of baseball shows through. So very different opinions. <laughs> and if you want to be old-timey New York, you know, well, Bronx, Yankee Stadium, where do you go? Detroit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> because they were building, um, they had just built the Tigers a new station, a uh, new stadium, Comerica Park. So the old Tiger Stadium was one of the only stadiums that was still like this. So they it filmed was still in old De- enough to, that you believe it. Oh. So they filmed in Detroit and at the old Tiger Stadium, and it's kind of it's kind of cool. Like if you're from Michigan, you, you we, we all knew this is kind of neato burrito. And when I first saw it, I was okay. like, that's not the Bronx. So <laughs> like it doesn't look like that. But well, that's not what it looks like now. So Barry Pepper was nominated for a Best Actor Golden Globe for this we're, movie. Dude, we're like ten minutes in. Really? Yes. And then he did Battlefield Earth, and that is why he's never been anything more. <laughs> but you Which, like that movie? I like that movie. Nobody else likes. You know what that I like movie. about Battlefield Earth? Do you know who wrote that movie? Originally, the story, L. Ron Hubbard. Yes. The creator of Scientology. I just like that. Isn't that fun? It's a fun little tidbit. Okay. That's, and that's why John Travolta's in it. But um, this also moved, and he, Barry Pepper plays Roger Maris. Uh, Mickey Mantle is played by Thomas Jane. Welcome back to the podcast from our episode, Deep, Deep Blue, Blue Sea. sea. Mm. Not Aaron no, Eckhart from no, the core. actually, as soon I as that. I told him that, he was like, oh, no, you're right. It's that dude from Blue, Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> he was also in The Punisher. He was good fantastic yeah. in The Punisher, which is funny because we just watched, um, we just did Swordfish whatever last week mm-hmm. and John Travolta plays a very similar character in The Punisher yeah <laughs> well maybe Carly will see have you seen that no okay well maybe you will soon <laughs> the character of Whitey Ford is played by Anthony Michael Hall 16 Candles Anthony Michael Hall 16 Candles wow isn't he a hunk now <laughs> yeah, he filled out didn't he Right. Molly Ringwald's going, then fuck! The, the character of Bob Serve is played by Chris Brewer, who will always be the creepy teacher from The Devil's Advocate. 
<laughs> That's true. He was. <laughs> and then one <laughs> other mention, um, the character of Pat Maris, young Pat, is played by Jennifer Crystal Foley, who is um, Billy Crystal's daughter. Oh. You know who I recognize? Who? Babe Ruth's wife. Played Fran Drescher's mom on the nanny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that lady is so familiar. <laughs> well, in the closing, well, I guess he'd be the mid-credit scene. Mm-hmm. But hey, guys, that's Mickey Mantle. That's Mickey Mantle's son and grandson. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> let us begin. No, Carly, what'd you think going into this movie? <laughs> I almost forgot. <laughs> almost forgot. I know. You're, you're going to have to. I really, I, I had nothing. I really, I, I didn't, 61, is this I mean, a math I knew movie? it was going to be about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about baseball, so. Do you know what a home run is? Yes. I know okay. that I think Ooh, baseball you know what RBI is boring. Is. <laughs> I also think Just, baseball is boring, but I do like more than one movie about baseball. Yeah. It's weird. I used to usher Tides games mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Really? Yes. I did not know the back. Did you know that, Tony? It was a fundraiser for my cheerleading squad. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you. My parents did too. My whole family did it. Did BK do it too? Some of my oh, you know, I think so. (laughs) I like a good sports drama. Some of my favorite movies are dramas about sports teams. I don't like sports. (laughs) Baseball games just take forever, and it's boring. It is very boring. How people watch it on TV, I will never understand. I would rather watch golf. (laughs) I would not. I wouldn't. If you want to take a nap, (laughs) I don't watch. Want to watch either of these, John? What do you think of it? I used to watch a lot of baseball when I was a kid, and then up until like when the Yankees were winning the last their last good run is right when they started to suck is when I jumped off. I was like, all right, I'm done baseball. John <laughs> did used to watch baseball. Mm. I remember um, that from early in our marriage. Yes, early in our marriage, I watched baseball, and then I just like stopped wearing it. Mm-hmm. Wearing them. Wearing. He's wearing a jersey today. I am wearing my Yankees jersey though, <laughs> in honor of this movie. Because he's almost gotten rid of that a couple of times, but it never makes it out the door. No, because <laughs> this was like an eighty dollars shirt, and this was like back in the nineties. It was an eighty dollars shirt. So wow, he can't sell it for eighty dollars now. Oh no, it's probably worth stains. about five bucks of stains, and I'm just buttoning them. But now it's just that old shirt that I'm gonna wear forever. Um, <laughs> what I think about this movie going in, I was like, oh. I like this movie. <laughs> I wonder if it holds up. All right. Tony? Um, I'm a huge baseball fan. Like, <laughs> I love, I'm like Terrence Rogers and Mickey Flack. They're like the best. <laughs> no, I don't, know. I don't, I don't, I don't care anything about baseball. So. <laughs> like, those, I was like, of us right. are super into sports. You could have at least tried like Lou Gehrig. Well, no, I was trying to make or up names. Or I was making up names. Or Moose. Moose. But no, I was like, eh. Watch like fuck baseball. <laughs> Could with Lou Gehrig. That's that's your go-to. So when you think baseball player, your go-to baseball player is Lou Gehrig. Um, he got his own disease though. Yeah, they used to tell him there's a disease out there where you name written all over it. That's actually no, um, there's a Dennis Leary joke. Yeah. No, my go-to baseball player. I can't remember his last name, but it's there was not your go-to. <laughs> no, but it's what there was that um, there was a I know Carly's black athlete the great in, Bambino. <laughs> Duh. No, there was a black athlete in the '90s named Bo, and there used to be commercials. Jackson. Yeah, Bo Jackson. Bo he knows football. He can't be your go-to if you don't Bo know his name. Bo knows baseball, but like I can see his face in my in my head. In and your I mind's always, eye, they call whenever it. I think about baseball, all I think is those commercials. Bo knows baseball. So your go-to. Like those Nike so ads. first of all, her go-to baseball player. She didn't know I actually, no, I actually know his name. So all right, Tony, what's your go-to baseball player? Oh shit! Like um, the name of baseball player. Go, Mickey Mantle. 
Okay. Good one. John, who's your go-to? Is that what you would have said two weeks ago? Oh, yeah, that's right. Joe DiMaggio. Joe Dinks. Joe Dirt. Okay. Joe Dirt. Hey, Joe DiMaggio married Marilyn Monroe. I know. Joe DiMaggio is no Joe Dirt. Or Joe Dirt is no Joe DiMaggio. Is that better? That's right. Reverse that? (laughs) Okay. He's a paisan, so, you know, we got to stick together. Okay, so this movie. Come on, Tony. Damn it. (laughs) Joe D. You kind of slip with Marilyn Monroe, though, so. It's kind of gross. So we talk. Yeah. So this, the movie opens, and there's an announcer talking about Mark McGuire. Um, that announcer is the great Shooter McGavin. That is true. The announcer <laughs> is the great Shooter McGavin. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you got that reference? No, I did not. Really, Happy Gilmore. Him. Happy Gilmore. Oh. I love the picture. I did of, watch that movie once. <laughs> of, look, it's the greatest golfer ever, in Tiger Woods, and it's this guy and <laughs> Tiger Woods. <laughs> All right, so we t- so the great shooter McGavin. Pieces of shit for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, now see, I might no. take forever, and if you go off on weird <laughs> shooter McGavin, sorry, <laughs> my fault. Go ahead, shooter McGavin. Go. Can I just get through the opening scene? Um, we got an announcer talking about Mark McGuire. He has currently has fifty nine home runs. He's only one away from Babe Ruth and two away from Roger Maris. Take it back. And we again. see um, footage of Mark McGuire hitting his sixtieth home run. And then we pan away, we pan like through a TV to see Roger Maris's kids. And they're talking about his de- their dad and how this was, he calls this his greatest baseball season. And they're thinking about their dad. It so, was, and then we it. pan to Pat Maris sitting in the bedroom looking at a scrapbook of all the memories of the 61 season. As we hear an announcer talking about the historic 61 season where Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle battled after Babe Ruth's home run record. So then the Maris family travels to St. Louis because they're going to be present at the next baseball game. Because if he breaks the record, record, they're going to be there. And it's a big deal. But on the way to the hotel, Pat has some sort of panic attack, heart palpitations. They think it's a heart attack, but it's just her arrhythmia, which... Sounds like a heart attack. <laughs> I don't know how heart stuff works, but... It's mild heart attack. Yeah. But that still sounds like a heart attack to me. Heart attack is a blockage. It's, yeah. This is just a flutter, like yeah. electrical signals got off, or... You know, like a slow like a slow drain? You know what else happened Look. right around this time of the of this mm-hmm. Roger Maris chase? Mm-hmm. You know something significant that happened? No. I met you. Oh. Prob- probably should have known that. <laughs> she's probably thinking she's like, the baseball She's world like, anything or... significant? Anything significant happened? I thought he was going to tell me something that significant happened when Mark McGuire... <laughs> it was significant to me. <laughs> but yes, oh, well, 01 was... It came out in 01. We got married in 01, so... Uh, <clears throat> Any who's? We did not. Uh, not the movie, dear. <laughs> I know, but the movie <laughs> came out in 01 and we got one. married, but... No. The I, home run race. But I don't know when Mark McGuire... One broke the record the when first I time. Met you. I don't care about Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa, so I wasn't paying attention. So Sammy Sosa loves you, baby. Ooh. All right, so um, so she goes to the hospital, and while she's there, her son brings Roger's bat because the Hall of Fame had brought it over to the hotel because Mark, Mark wanted was. to see it, and then they gave it to Kip, and he brought it to Pat. Which and makes no sense. Why didn't they just give it to Mark? I don't know. Well, he just wanted to see it. I guess they figured the family would want to see it, too. Or maybe yeah. it's a photo. And they did or... look at it, and it was cool. And it evo- you can see the emotion on Pat's face as she looks at Roger's bat and is remembering her husband, who at this time is deceased. Yeah, he was dead before, like for years. So, And then we see um, footage of the 61st home run. 
And we see Pat in the hospital watching the game. And Mark hits the ball. And we flash back into the past. And we see Roger in the outfield. Catching the ball. Catching the ball. But he and catches it where? Right in front of a plaque. Who's on that plaque, Elaine? Babe Ruth. Who so they shoved down your throat in this movie. So in the outfield, they have all these, like, they look like headstones. They're not. <laughs> but they're these brass plaques of... The tributes to Yankees. Mm-hmm. And one of them is Babe Ruth. Who is one of the most significant Yankees ever. You have to give it to them. They play in what? The house that who built? Ruth. So it's... <laughs> so our movie begins... Because technically the flashback is the movie. Mm-hmm. It's and opening now day. it's Shooter McGavin doing the, the <clears throat> commentary. The, the other guy wasn't Shooter McGavin. It's opening day <laughs> of the 1961 season. We see the press and they're going over the fact that there's a new general manager this year. And then they list all the star players going into the season. Chairman of the board, Whitey Ford, Yogi Berra. Yeah. Who has one of the greatest sports quotes ever. He says it in this movie. I don't. 90% of the game is half oh. metal. I didn't know that. Well, I wrote that down. But I didn't know that uh, that was one of the... Yeah, because it's just ridiculous. (laughs) So they give the lineup, and so you get to see the different players, and if you knew anything about baseball, those names would be important, would mean something. (laughs) But they meant nothing to Carly, so... That's true. And then we flash... The guy's name was Whitey, okay. (laughs) He was also a white guy. I assumed it was a nickname. Or was it his real name? I don't know. Whitey? That's a weird real name. (laughs) It might have been his real name. We'll get back to that. <laughs> well, if his name, his name could have been like Whitley or something like yeah. that. It's whatevs. I don't know. Remember the Beave. His, <laughs> his people called him, you know, Beaver. So, Beaver Cleaver. No, his name is Whitey Ford. Wow. Edward Charles Whitey Ford. Chairman I wonder if, I wonder if that was like a maiden name. Like, it's a nickname. Damn it. We just covered that. Okay, whatever. I know what you mean. <laughs> <coughs> like we, Richard is William. <laughs> we see Mickey in the trainer's room, and he's talking with Whitey, and they're talking about the papers, and then Mick comes out, and he goes to bat, <laughs> no, to no. practice batting, and everybody who's watching the warm-ups cheers, and all the players get out of his way because this is Mickey Mantle. He's the legend, and we can see the respect that everybody has for him. He's like Jeter, but cooler. Oh, I forgot about Jeter. <laughs> Jeter's a welcome back to the podcast. Thank I know, you. But but I'm trying to remember. Like that like should be a baseball player. That should be it. your go-to. Well, he, He's been on the podcast. His career got sh- cut short when he got shot. So you know, that's why you haven't heard of him. <laughs> they called me the, the Yankee Clipper. By the Yankee Clipper, yeah. But uh, Mickey Mantle was like the, the biggest sports star of the era. <laughs> he was a big deal, and I. Uh, Yogi Berra gives Mickey some shit. Says, Mick, Mick, you're not concentrating. 90% of the game is half mental. Remember that. It wasn't mental. It was mental. I'm sorry. I cannot talk like that. Yes, that is correct. My accent is off. I'm not Yogi Berra, which is a cool-ass name. Mm -hmm. Is Yogi Berra named after Yogi Berra? I'm pretty sure it's the other way around, but okay. Okay. I didn't know when Yogi Berra came out. I know. That's why I asked. (laughs) <laughs> right. Tony's gonna look it up. <laughs> you know, so, I've never checked that. Mickey starts warming I'm, up. I just assumed Yogi Bear was after Yogi Berra. We see. I grew up in the in New York, and that's. We see Mickey warming up, and then there's the nickname. reporters are there. That. Lawrence Peter Yogi. Berra. I knew I knew, but it wasn't his real name. But which came out first, Yogi Bear or Yogi Berra? I don't know. Does he like the steel picnic basket? <laughs> 
Hey, Boo Boo. <laughs> yes, Boo Boo is actually uh, Yogi's nickname for Mickey. Mickey Mantle. Mm. That's that's not true. I just made that up. But, <laughs> but Carly would believe me. I she, appreciate that she made a picnic basket joke. Because <laughs> you just don't get those often enough in life. And really, there's... Notice you don't get enough of Tallywhacker. Oh, you just goodness. don't hear enough Tallywhacker. No? Tallywhacker is not as cool as picnic basket. Sorry. I beg to differ. I... Never mind. In this case, Agreed. I was going to say I'd rather get a picnic basket than a tallywhacker, but that is not always true. But sometimes, sometimes, if yeah. you're really hungry, I would much prefer a picnic basket. I'll remember that. <laughs> no, no, let me go get you a picnic basket. Next time I'm not in the mood, he's going to be like, "What do you want? A picnic basket?" <laughs> All right. So Mickey's hitting the ball. And then he hits a really deep one, and Roger Maris comes out of nowhere and catches it. He's like, fuck off. He, he does not Samuel L. Jackson that ball. Um, but uh, we got cut from Fargo. the reporters are right there, Milt and Artie. And Milt says that he thinks that Roger Maris might be the, re- the best right fielder in the league. And then Artie says that he's only was that awesome because of Mantle. Like, that catch would have been so cool if Mantle hadn't hit the ball right to uh. him. And uh, Artie says that uh, Maris beat Mickey for MVP last year in the closest vote in baseball history. Who are the people voting on this? Sports Apparently, writers. the fucking writers. And uh, Artie thinks that there's got to be some kind of rivalry there, that Maris has got to be, you know, mm-hmm. trying to show up Mickey and think Mickey's coming for him. It'll help these blood-sucking savages sell papers. Maybe. <clears throat> And then we Sons see <laughs> what, a little girl in the crowd starts calling, Daddy, Daddy. And it's Pat. She's in the crowd with her daughter, Susan. So this is Roger's wife and their kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger comes up to bat, and Mickey and Roger have a quick little chat about families. And uh, Artie asks them if there's a rivalry, and they kind of ignore him and don't answer. And then uh, they ask Mickey if he thinks he has a shot at the babe's record this year. Which seems like a weird thing to ask somebody. Because yeah, opening the day hasn't started yet. How, like, I guess you start every the year be- hoping. <laughs> the year before, neither one of them hit a significant amount of home runs where you would think it would be. Uh, and like, they both had good see, years, but not great years. <laughs> if I recall, they, neither one of them even close. I think, he said, I, think, I think they said the best Mickey had done so far was 52. Yes, but, and that had been years prior. Mm-hmm. But Mickey says that it can't be done. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of giving him so. Yeah, and, no one told Sammy Sosa. <laughs> and Artie's kind of like, "What do you mean it can't be done? You can do this." And then Mickey says, "Well, one report because in the papers they had talked about how one of the news stories was about how Mickey hadn't been doing so good." And he's like, "One report says I'm all washed up, and one's got me beating Ruth's record. You guys need to get on the same page." She tell me how I play. I know how I am. <laughs> <laughs> and Artie then asks. Um, Roger and Roger says, "Well, maybe we should wait. And, we haven't even played a game yet. Maybe we should wait until after we played the first game, and then we'll talk about it." Which is a really good answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we see Ralph, the new GM. He has a quick chat with Mickey before the game starts to tell him that he's the heart of the team, and he expects oh, Mickey to be. Why not Yogi? They've been here longer than me. <laughs> And he expects him to be the leader on and off the field. Mm-hmm. And he kind of met, you know. Stop sl- being out man whoring it. Sly, you know, kind of quietly says maybe you shouldn't be out drinking and whoring it up all the time. And that I'm going to need you to set a good example for these guys. He's like, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then we see the presentation of. Fact, of you got a beer? 
<laughs> we see the presentation of um, Roger Maris's um, Most Valuable Player from the Year Before Award. And, and no, there is a shit ton of Babe Ruth ass kissing. That shit's amazing. Wouldn't you know a movie about someone breaking Babe Ruth's record right in the first game of the season? Babe Ruth's wife is there, and well, it's that a big shit's deal. amazing. Why would it be? Why would it be his wife? I don't know. Because it's. I've never fact checked that, but I don't think that actually happened. I don't think it matters whether she was there or not. But Frick, the base chairman of the was it commissioner National of baseball? Commissioner of baseball was there presenting. Well, he him. would be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The Ruth's wife. Maybe she went to the first game of every season. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she might have. Well, there is no more Zigfield Follies. I guess she got nothing else better to do. That, I mean, it is the house that Ruth built. That is the house that Ruth built. And it's just I, an honorary tradition. She you know, was there to collect the rent. <laughs> <laughs> and he built the house, you know. I guess she's like, hey, yo. <laughs> Who knows? All right, so. And the Yankees did him dirty at the end there, so. It's opening day. Like, yeah, we play. We see the game play, and the Yankees lose. And afterwards, in the locker the room, right? locker room, no, the there's a lot of interviewing, and this kind of sets the tone for the season. So, after every game, the reporters come in and they ask all these questions, and they're, you know, that's just how sports, professional sports, work. Um, we see Roger showing Pat and Susan where he's going to live. He's going to live in Brooklyn in a little apartment with Bob. Queens. Oh, sorry, Queens. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, Spider Man. <laughs> Spider Man, not Captain America. Spider Man, not Which, Captain America. By the way, I loved in Endgame where um, Captain America calls Spider Man Queens. Yeah. He's like, hey, Queens! I was like, ah! <laughs> it's a callback to where, where you from, kid? Queens. He's like, Brooklyn. I'm sorry for the Endgame spoilers <laughs> to anybody who still has not seen Endgame. As this is go- going to be going up only a couple weeks after Endgame. You get two up. weeks and then spoilers are plenty. <laughs> okay, right. let me tell you about Game of Thrones now. Episode one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, so... Um, wow. Roger and Pat talk about the upcoming season and... And that's not a spoiler. All it is a Captain America meets Spider-Man. Spoilers! All right. If it's I, an Endgame... That is a spoiler. Hey, John. <laughs> I'm going to need you to stay on topic right now. <laughs> okay? Uh-huh. So, Roger and Pat talk about the season and being apart. We find out that Pat is pregnant. And Roger really wants the kids and Pat to be there. And Pat's like, look, we talked about this. It's just financially better if we're apart. And this sucks. And Roger's like, I hate saying goodbye. So, you can see, you get this, the beginnings of how Roger really loves his family and wants them to be with him mm-hmm. and how important they are to him, which is a reoccurring theme throughout the whole movie. And then we get a montage. There are many montages in this movie <laughs> of press releases in baseball, but this is Mickey hitting and Roger striking out. And what's the song? I love Mickey. Mickey who? <laughs> no, we're not doing that? And, okay, um, I thought we were going to do a thing. It was going to be fun. I, I can't. so then we get 25 games in the press is hounding um roger roger because he's not hitting he can't get a good hit he's doing he's terrible and they're like you're here to you know you haven't gotten any home runs aren't you concerned about the fact you haven't gotten any home runs and of course roger is but it's just bad he's in quite a slump and then we see um uh oh sorry so the press is talking to Mickey as well, and he's ha- he's got nine runs, and he's already ahead of Ruth's pace. And Mickey's like, "What? It, it's nine. 
It's not a big deal. We got all these other games to play, and you're already on this. So yeah, how many was it? 100 and how many games? Yeah, it's 165 Holy games. Holy crap! Good there's Lord. a lot of baseball games. There are a lot of baseball games. That's a lot. They had to do. They had to get the record in 154 Four. in order for it to count. To beat Babe's record, to not and be. Before a you ask record. Carly, I know you're saying you're burning on your mind. Well, how many games did Mark McGuire do it in? 141. So there's no way to get around that he beat Boot Ruth. Yeah, it doesn't Except matter. Except that he steroids. Except for the yeah, he went. <laughs> one day he was like a skinny kind of tall kid, and then he went came, and then he came back and he was like, Jesus Christ, what did that guy eat? And he's and like, horse meat. An accidental overdose of gamma radiation. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I need you guys to lay off the catnip and pay attention right now. Okay. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> but actually, that tangent was on topic. <laughs> I know. I Every time I think the cats are running away, I'm going to say something about right now. So you better prepare yourself, Tony. Oh, I'm ready. All right. So Speaking of cats. Ralph calls <laughs> Roger. Into around. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Ralph calls Roger into the office, and Dan, who's the team owner, is there as well. And they want to know if everything's okay with Pat. Is it the kids? How you doing, Roger? You doing all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And... Then Dan's like, well, we brought you here to make hits, and you're not hit making hits, so you need to get your head out of your ass and start fucking hitting the ball, pretty much. And, um, I don't think he said it like that, but well, it was 1961. Sometimes she was, has to just sum up. He was nervous <laughs> he was going to get kicked off a team or traded Traded, or yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, he won MVP. Someone else will pick him up. Yeah. Well, and then Ralph, after Dan leaves, Ralph calls Mickey in. And he tells them that he's going to switch the batting order. Shake it up a little. And put Maris into the third position and Mickey into fourth. Because he feels like they're going to pitch better to Roger to keep Mickey from coming up to bat. Because Mickey's got the hot bat. And Mickey's like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) He's a pretty easygoing guy. And he's like, like, if that's what's best for the team, that's what you want to do. He's like, you sure? I got a whore on the background. Here we go. (laughs) That is not true. No, I'm kidding. I I kid, I kid. I love the Mick. Everybody loves number seven. So then the next game, Roger comes up to – they've switched the batting order. Roger comes up to bat, and he hits a line line drive double and fucking gets on base. That's right. Which is good. So he's he's finally broken his slump. And then, of course, they walk Mickey to first base. He's not going to be happy about that. That's Bush League right there. That's Bush League. Bush League. And right. it's like, nope, they all told him to stop at first base, but he went to second. And if he had stayed at first, then they would have had a pinch to make. Well. Sometimes you got to take two. Yeah. If you can't take two. But so. Mickey does. That night, we see Mickey out on the town. In fact, the whole team is out. We got Yogi. We got Whitey. We got Roger. We got it's Mickey. We got Bob. Like we got guys. Elston. <laughs> and we got Moose. Elston is the black gentleman. Moose is the guy that looks like. He'd be called Moose. <laughs> <laughs> Moose is the only other guy you don't know. <laughs> Moose played a gentleman on the TV show Entourage. He did. Mm. Okay. I never saw Also that for HBO. You never Entourage. saw Entourage? I'm not surprised. It's not really your <laughs> You don't ever want to watch that show, Carly. <laughs> Under no circumstances should you ever watch an episode of Entourage. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. It's not that bad. Jesus Christ. She will hate it. <laughs> With good reason. She will not hate it. <laughs> the only good thing about that show is Johnny Drama, and he's not even good in every episode. It's like maybe one out of every... He's like two, three episodes a season. It's great because of Johnny Drama. Can we get back on topic now? <laughs> <laughs> so, they're out on the town, and uh, we broke Tony. they're having dinner, and then Bob... Hi, Bob. 
drops this knowledge bomb that he heard that Joe DiMaggio is going to be throwing out the first baseball tomorrow. And then... Just rattles the mick. It does rattle the mick. Everything was going fine, and now Mick's like, I need a real drink, and walks away. And then Bob's like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have mentioned Joe D. And uh, Roger's like, oh, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and Whitey tells Roger about when Mickey first came up, they used to call him the next Joe DiMaggio, the next Joe D. Which, and uh, Joe DiMaggio did not like that. He was a very prideful man and felt he was... Except for when guys are banging his wife. A baseball superstar. And uh, he apparently did not speak to Mickey for the whole fucking season. Just ignored him and pretended he wasn't there. Which... No one wants to be the guy getting, you know, okay, hey, you were great, but now this guy is the new great. I'm not saying it's good. That would piss me off. (laughs) Yeah, that sucks. And then... The boys start to tell stories about how Mickey was when they first came up and how he was the first guy to take you out and the first and he was always helping them and being friendly and being great and how Mickey was just just this great, wonderful guy and he wasn't, you know By all accounts, you wanted to be a friend of the Mick. And then they tell the story of the fifty one series against the Giants. And Joe D's in center and These are the New York baseball giants, not the New York football giants. And Mickey is playing right field and Joe D is playing center field. And before the game, the uh, the general manager at the time had told Mickey that the old man can't run, so you better get be getting everything out there. <laughs> Talking about Joe D. About Joe D. Yep. And then Willie Mays, who served his country proud, by the way, and had infomercials. Also a, true. Willie Mays is a very famous baseball player. I have heard and of Willie Mays. No, you heard of Willie Mays Hayes. She has not heard of Willie Mays Hayes. You may run like Hayes, but you hit like shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's from uh, Major League. Okay. She's never seen that. (laughs) Never seen Major League? Really? Willie Mays Hayes. Very bad drink, Chobu's rum. (laughs) Very bad. bad. Try to tell me Jesus Christ can't hit a (laughs) curveball. I like how Tony went. Really? Like he's never met you. And I'm over here like, why are you telling the stories and looking at her? She doesn't know what you're talking about. Can't we pull up in like a Volkswagen with a Rolls Royce grill? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is played by the great Wesley Snipes. All right. Oh. That you know. I know who Wesley Snipes is. This is skinny, this is skinny Wesley Snipes. This isn't Blade Wesley Snipes. So what happens to Meow is that uh, Willie Mays hits a deep... It's a deep into the outfield. And Mickey takes off running. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. And then out of nowhere... This is the first time that Jody has ever talked to Mick. And he says, I got it, kid. And Mickey pulls up and falls in a hole. Steps on a grate. Steps on a grate, a drainage grate, and blows out his fucking knee. And his knee's never been the same ever since. Boy, he flies This back is apparent in the trivia. It says this is a, sto- this is a story that base. Mickey told Billy. Billy, and that this is apparently true. And he told Billy that his Billy Crystal that his knees were never the same after this. So yeah, this, so really, this may be skewed, but right, played the rest of the season with the blown ACL. And that night, and back then, you know, you could do that. Do <laughs> to make it worse. <laughs> Nowadays, like, all right, we're well, going to sit out for six months. Like, okay, yeah. Well, on your three hundred million dollar a year contract, meanwhile, Mickey Mantle's making fifty grand a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to make this even worse, that night uh, after the game was Mickey Mick's dad was up in town and he was helping him to the hospital. And as they're about to get in the cab, Mick's dad collapses, turns out cancer, Hodgkin's. and he uh, died soon after that. Mm-hmm. So that same night, it's three in the morning. Roger's like, who the fuck's at the door? He climbs out of bed. It's Whitey. He says, get dressed. I need your help. <laughs> so Bob and Roger go with Hi. Whitey. 
And they have to take care of plastered Mickey Mantle. That's crashed. Terrible part job. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just lit to the gills. So they got to pay off a lady. They got to pay off some mechanics. I mean, he's more of an asshole than like Vin Diesel in Last Witch Hunter right now. Damn. So they take him back to his hotel, the San Maritz. He's got a suite there. And the manager is complaining to Whitey. And he's like, look, this is a high-class establishment. And we love Mickey Mantle. But the late nights and the booze and all the women and the noise. And this is a, you know, the carousing. This is a high-class joint. So Whitey has to pay him off. <laughs> he's only getting like three bucks a piece, though. If you look, they're, they're dollar bills he's handing out. Yeah, well... <laughs> It was, it was 60. And he's like, Mickey, how come when you get drunk, it costs me money? <laughs> but they get him back in the hotel room and then... Uh, no, he says, hey, Slick. Oh, Why yeah. does he call him Slick Elaine? You should know this. You read the trivia. I didn't read it all. Okay, good question. All right, so... <laughs> I didn't read any of it. When <laughs> Mickey know. used to go out drinking all the time with Whitey Ford and Billy Martin. That name should sound familiar to you, but not for the reason you think. <laughs> you, you should recognize from Motions 13 when you get the do-overs called the Billy Martin. Ah. Anyway, so the three of them used to go out drinking all the time, and the manager at the time used to say, you guys are all coming in whiskey slick. So Whitey called Mickey slick, and, and Mickey called Whitey slick. Ah. By that time, Billy Martin had a drink. Aw, poor Billy Martin. And, uh, so that's why he calls him slick, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So okay. Whitey says, I got it from here, and then Roger and Bob. While they're dancing. The next day we see... <laughs> The next day, we see Mickey puking his guts out. He's calling Ralph on the big wide phone. But he's got to get his shit together because... <laughs> he's got to play. <laughs> well, Joe D is here. Yeah, Joe D wants to say hi. <laughs> yeah, and he can't embarrass himself and puke on Joe DiMaggio. So he comes out looking like fucking death. Yeah. Like, he looks like he should be wearing a yak's wig. He's like, look, I just <laughs> He looks like he blue. might yak on Joe D's wig. Let, <laughs> say, let me put it he's that no way. prime Merlinian. Yeah, he's no that. prime Merlinian, but um, he comes out looking like a... Like, like he just been through a whore bath? Like he just been through a whore bath, yeah. Well done. Well done, Elaine. Elaine wins. But they make some awkward small talk, and uh, it's very awkward. Yeah, and they go to the, was it the Habana Cabana, what it was called? So, Arcana Cabana. Arcana Cabana. Wow. So, <laughs> Roger, Roger is concerned. He's concerned about Mickey. And about, you know, Mickey taking care of himself. And he's, you know, he's actually concerned about Mickey and whether he's going to be healthy. And he's not just, part of it's baseball, but part of it is just Roger's a good guy who's concerned about this guy who's another good guy. He's a quality fella. I like slime balls. And why he says (laughs) not to worry about it and that Mickey's playing through a lot of pain and it's no big deal. We've known him longer than you have. You've only been here a year. This is Mickey. This is how he is. It's, it's all fine. Don't he worry says, about it. I love Mickey. And you know, and Roger's like, "Hey, I'm not a priest. I'm just, I'm just worried." And then he's like, "We can't get back to the series without Mickey. We need him. It's important." So after the game, Roger goes to talk with Mickey, and uh, Mickey's like, "What am I supposed to do? Everywhere I go, even the hotels, to say, hey, Mick, have a drink. This is a tough job." A tough, tough town, not, town to not to have fun in. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, know, it's a hard town to have a good time in. Like, all right, well, shit. If you were Mickey Mantle, you'd have that problem too. Roger, you know, he's, he invites Mickey to come stay with him and Bob in Queens. Mm-hmm. And Mickey's like, let me get this straight. I got a big fucking suite at the St. Moritz, and you want me to move to Queens. <laughs> but, like, yeah. but he does. But he does. <laughs> so, uh... Bob and Roger bunk up at, to give Mickey the big bedroom, which is another one of those things that just shows you how much they... Well, we can't ask Mick to bunk up. 
Because he's and Mickey Mantle. Well, and they're like, well, he can pay more rent. Isn't yeah, and Bob's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like, well, as long as he pays more. And Roger's like, shut up. Yeah. Like, Roger just wants Mickey there so that Mickey can get healthy. healthy. All right, LeBron James is a person you've heard of, yes? Yes. Okay. This would be like saying, hey, LeBron, we're going to all bunk up together. <laughs> he's that kind of level star. <laughs> like, wait, what? But, and they tell, you know, and then they tell Mickey, no brats. Don't bring it. Don't bring no broads. Did they back say broads. No, yes. he, says, he says no broads. They're, they're like, we like it to be quiet. Because Bob's like, did you tell him the thing? And uh, Roger's like, no, I thought you were gonna tell him. And, and then mm-hmm. Bob's like, no, you gotta tell him. No. And then Roger was like, so Mick, there, there's just one thing we like to be quiet. And Mickey picks up instantly. He's like, no broads. No and broads. they're like, yeah, no broads. And let me ask you, as women of the world, how do you feel about the term broads? I I have only really ever heard it in a derogatory way. You I've think it's never, derogatory? I've never heard it used in a way that wasn't derogatory. Elaine? I've heard dumb broads, you know? <laughs> like just, well, that's, significant, that's saying a significant type of broad, but how about yeah, like broad? I've never a couple heard broads. somebody say it in a positive way. There's, so it's always, broad is very negative, mm-hmm. because it's always dumb broad, or I was out this broad, or, you know, kind of, it's either kind of she's stupid, or okay. she's fast. There's also sometimes they use it in older ways to talk about like the a really forceful, strong woman. Okay, so net, but be it's bad. Net, which you would think would be positive, but it's also in a negative. 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 What about Dame? Is that one okay? I don't. I, I, well, Dame is a type. Well, the Dame and Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look, I don't mind broad. I don't mind chick or lady or dame or any I of say those. Chick all the time. <laughs> I say lady a lot. I say and bitches, mostly. <laughs> but I don't mind any Boats of those Boats and terms. hoes. Boats and I hoes. I say chick too much, I think. I, I probably do too. I say dame. I try to say That's why I asked you about I dame, because I always say I dame. Mean, I try to change and chick So people try to say it's offensive. When, I'm like, it's not offensive, it's a title. <laughs> when, when do you say dame? At work. Okay, because you've never said dame <laughs> to me ever. I prefer, like, if I'm going to say, you know, like this girl, this woman, I always say dame. On this dame, mm-hmm. I talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very Dick Tracy of you. Well, there's nothing like a dame. <laughs> this is this is Sammy Davis Jr. song. Ain't nothing like a dame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I say ladies a lot though. Well, dame can't be. Oh, that's negative. No, it's not. It's a but fucking title. Some it's a women prestigious really title hate being called. Tell ladies, Judy Dench. Yeah. Which is stupid. You like calling someone? You can't call me sir. People don't want to be called <laughs> ma'am either. I don't want. To be, I don't really? I've never heard that. I'm well, sorry. If you she's come a in lady. the store, you are a man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sir or ma'am or gentleman or ladies. Those are the well, only ma'am. things I say. So a friend of mine had that happen where we were at a restaurant and mm-hmm. a young waiter came over and called her ma'am. And mm-hmm. she got upset. She was, but she's like, I think she's like 30. But it's like an old thing. I well, have mammed 14-year-old ma'am girls. Sir, you know, that's what you say. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, it's an old thing. I'm not kidding. I have mammed 14-year-old girls. If I'm asking you if you're okay, but that's a respect I miss thing. when they're young. Young, but young, young. You just, uh, if I don't know, I always go with my friend. I make oh. everybody's like, hey, you're my friend. There's <laughs> not a hey, good... my friend, because you can't say it's, well, it's sexist because it's my friend. How is saying that we're friends going to offend you? There's... <laughs> well, you don't want to be my friend? I'm offended now. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry about this well. tangent, but I do just want to mention one more thing on this topic. Circle that back there's, around. There's just not a really good... N- um, non-gendered term of respect. Sure there is. It's my friend. <laughs> okay. Everybody wants to be friends. Mm-hmm. All right. And everybody wants to rule the world. I that's heard that. That's what I heard. But uh, then we, then uh, it's the Andy Griffith show and everybody's whistling <laughs> along. And you know Mickey's sitting there like, what the fuck did I get myself into? 
<laughs> and, <laughs> and Mickey sounded like, what? <laughs> and Mickey calls his wife. Um, what is her name? Mer- like Merlin yeah. or Merlin. something. Is it Merlin or Merlene or Marlin? Because hey, he, says, he says Merlin, but he's got an accent. And it's very hard he's to... from Oklahoma. Yes. And, and by the way, Thomas Jane is a pretty good Oklahoma accent. But he calls his wife the next day to tell him his new living arrangements. He says, no, it's my idea. And then he says, to, and Roger's cooking breakfast, and he says that Roger looks pretty in his apron. No, he says, you look kind of sexy in that. No, there ain't and no girls sh- here. And, his, and then he says, no, there ain't no girls here. It's just Roger in an apron. A girly apron. Yeah. It's very 60s-like. So he has both the guys say hi to his wife. Hi, Bob. And, um, <laughs> but this kind of, we see a couple times throughout the movie, uh, Mickey talking to his wife, and they do not have a good relationship, and he does not have a good relationship with his kids. He's very absentee husband and father. Which well, we've already seen him out carousing with broad, so yeah. we know he's. Whoa. We see the contrast between Roger's relationship with his yes. family. Her name is Merlin. No, Merlin. Uh, for real, mm-hmm. I've never checked, but Merlin. Yeah, he keeps. All right, Roger's like cooking breakfast. Roger makes some special eggs. He cooks some pan of bacon and then pours the eggs right into the bacon mm-hmm. and scrambles them in the grease. Yeah, of The eggs turn green, <laughs> and uh, I feel like. Bacon is not enough to make your eggs green. What else is in those eggs? I don't know. <laughs> don't you worry about that, okay? <laughs> they weren't testing for that but back Bob, in the honestly, But Bob is like, those are nasty. And Mickey's like, they and Roger's putting them on Mick's plate. Eat up! And Mick's Mick life. is like, what the hell? And Roger says, Mick, I'm telling you, don't listen to Bob. The last few times I ate these, I, got I, I hit I home, home runs. <laughs> And so he fucking eats them. And Roger looks at Bob and goes, sorry, Bob. Looks like somebody likes him. You like and it? And then... Yeah, Bob's Bob says, you really like those? And he goes, he says, no, they're shit, but I'm in a bit of a slump, and I'll try anything. <laughs> and then sure as shit, we see a couple of hits. And next game, next morning, we see Bob eating up those eggs. Looking <laughs> With like a he's... Fucking, fucking tablespoon. <laughs> but you see his face. He's trying not to vomit all over the table. Just think about poor Bob had to be in the, living in a house with these two. Like, they're superstars, and you're like, uh, I'm Bob. <laughs> Although, Bob seems like he was a pretty good ball player, too. I don't think he was just yeah. some no-name. He, he may be a great ball player, but you're living in a house with Roger Maris and Mickey Mail in 1961. <laughs> you suck. Yeah, but it's it's a good opportunity, man. Yeah. You know, be like, dude, I I lived with them. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's like I've you guys teach me how to hit. <laughs> what are you doing? But then we get a nice hitting montage and of home runs and newspaper headlines, and the papers have started calling them the M M&M and M Boys. And Mick and Roger form a corporation to deal with all the endorsements they're getting, so they're making lots of money. I like how they have the hot dog scene. Mm-hmm. Like the outtakes, and the, Mickey just can't do it. Well, the outtakes are actually Thomas Jane and Barry Pepper outtakes. Mm-hmm. Billy Crystal had them, loved them, and kept them in. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we see lots of headlines, and then we see that they're starting to get a bit anti-Roger. Smile, Roger, and there's one that where he says, "Leave me alone." And um, then we see the commercial for the hot dogs, where the boys got the giggles, and we see them go on a talk show. And Maris now has... A talk show? It's Ed Sullivan. A talk show. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know who that was? No. Okay. That, all right. Well, shit. And Roger Maris has really? 35 <laughs> home runs and Mickey has 32. <laughs> it's mid-July and they have 75 games left. Mm-hmm. All right. So the baseball writers have uh, come together. Commissioner Flick, ha- 
Frick. Sorry, Flick. not Flick. Like, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, he's called Frick's a meeting. They, they're concerned about the new 160-game season. So the home run record is the most important record in baseball. It's not. Shh. <laughs> and Baby he doesn't want its integrity it. tarnished with the eight extra games. So they have this long, they talk about Ruth and how important this record is. There's more games And whether or not there right? should be a separate record and whether a season's a season. Mm-hmm. And Milt says, what tar, he's like, what tarnish? This is a fantastic story. Two Yankees playing in the house that Ruth built, both going after his record. It's great for baseball. And if I baby permitted a cliche, records are made to be broken. That's true. Doesn't he also point out the fact that when Babe Ruth broke the record, he played in like 18 more games than the guy that held the record before him. Where was the uproar then? Now, in the trivia... Which is true. In the, So, a lot of this is um, over-embellished for the movie scene. Right. Because yeah. I'm pretty and sure Frick, this never fucking happened. Well, Frick says that it wasn't quite as big you know it wasn't quite as how they made it out to be but and that he wasn't you know he was really you know kind of more excited and into the race than they portray it and now i lost my train of thought because it'd be great for fucking baseball but like he just had a memo or something one day and they were like oh yeah an asterisk it wasn't like this whole meeting where people were well there was i mean they did have meetings about it and they did did decide it oh Oh, shit. Now I, for- oh, I remember it and I forgot. Anyway, nobody got time for that. Move on. It's quite, not quite made out to be as much of a big deal. Yes, as but they made the drama for the movie. Yeah. He does announce that uh, there the will be... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That there will be separate records and that each... Oh, I know why. He didn't think it was going to be that the single season thing was going to be that big a deal because they thought that they would go back to 154 54 games. And that... Was this, this is the National League. It's the American League. Sorry, this is the American League, and in the National League that year, only played 154 games. How do so, the Yankees playing the American League? What the? Because I don't know dick about baseball. Obviously, but so Where they did didn't actually—they wanted it to be a separate <laughs> record, and the problem was because they didn't think that they would continue to have this number of games in the season. It was something they were trying out because of the expansion, okay. but he didn't think it was going to last. So that's why they wanted it as a separate record because they didn't think it—it it was broken that it would then be able to be rebroken. Because they would play in less games. That However, that's not what happened. <laughs> now they play even more. <laughs> I'm sorry my brain is not working very well. Yeah, Elaine has been working a lot and did not sleep well. Do you know why? Money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so more games is more revenue. Ugh. That's why they do that. At some point, people got to say enough is enough. <laughs> yes, now, now the baseball season, 500 games. Damn. So, that's not true. I know. But, <laughs> but Lord... There's still too many. It's like three games a day. <laughs> well, the boys had chat about the big announcement, and Yogi says, what do you expect? Frick was the babe's ghostwriter, <laughs> I guess for his biography, I assume. Sure. Um, and then Artie and Mitt interview the boys during warm-up batting practice again, and Mickey tells him he wouldn't want it if it has one of those thingies. Thingamabobbers on it. <laughs> And Roger says in his mind, a season's a season, and the babe never had to play night games or fly to the West Coast. Which is true. that maybe they, you know, that they have it a little bit harder. Also, back then, um, there was no people of color playing baseball. That's true. So that would have made a difference. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, so, it's, that's a true statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Ty Cobb did, like, sharpen his cleats and stuff, and that would have been kind of rough, but... <laughs> Ty Cobb was a terrible person. So. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was a real... He was terrible. 
Okay. I actually know. I'll about take your word for it. That's how bad he is. I actually know. He was about so bad. It. Tony knows about. <laughs> yeah. Him. There's a movie with. Uh, I don't know anything Jones. You ever see that? Thing no. About Ty he plays Cobb. Ty Cobb. And he plays a prick. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones plays a really good prick. <laughs> I really enjoyed him in um, Batman Forever. Mm. He's fantastic. <laughs> that's my go-to Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. Really? That's you your go-to? Volcano. Mine? Okay, that's... The country for old men? No. I, we did Volcano, no. but that's wrong, not my go-to Tommy Lee Jones. It's actually U.S. Marshals, which is funny because that's the sequel. <laughs> no, my go-to is close. It's The Fugitive. That's my go-to Tommy I know, Lee. but my... You go to The Fugitive with... I, I go with to US Mar- I go to U.S. Marshals, and I don't know why. Don't All know. right, anyways. All right, well, stop doing that. Go to the first one because it's better. But so Artie <laughs> writes that Mayor's head took a I shot at the it. commissioner. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> if we were doing that movie, that'd be my favorite line. Okay, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Bring it back. Write me out. So Artie writes that Maris took a shot at the commissioner saying that the babe had it easier. And Roger reads the headline and gets really pissed. And he's like, you believe this shit? You think I was trying to replace Jesus Christ? <laughs> like, don't read the other paper. <laughs> <laughs> Bob tells me, you should read yesterday. What? He goes, Bob starts laughing. And Mickey says, look, in, six, in 56, I hit 52 home runs. That's all anyone could talk about. Ruth this, Ruth that. 24 hours a day. We're chasing a ghost, Raj. You're in the clubhouse, he's there. You're at home plate, he's there. You're in the outfield, he's there. That fat fuck, he's everywhere. We're playing in his house. <laughs> That's a great line, too. Yeah. That was in the short list for a favorite line. Mm-hmm. So that night at the game, Roger has a big play. He bunts. Mm-hmm. That's because they were playing him deep. Yep. Second base at playing, him. Second base and the, and after the run. game, the press is all over them. And they're like, they pay you to do home runs. He goes, no, they pay me to help the team win. This is what I need to do to help the team this win. reminds me of Major League when he calls the shot. And bunts. And that would be Willie Mays Hayes. And then. That was. What the fuck? You're the guy. Yeah. We see a montage. Yeah. Willie Mays Hayes was in the movie. That's why. We then see a montage of news headlines where they take out of context quotes from this interview. Where it says. He got something wrong? Shit Shit ain't so. Shit, I don't know how they see me. Maybe I'm just not a New York kind of guy. And Roger can't take the pressure. But they got the thick Oklahoma accent. That's a New York guy. So (laughs) the fans are starting to really dislike him. There are lots of booing and catcalling when he comes out to the field. Even if he gets a home run, they boo him. Yeah, and then we see a headline catching us up on the current pace. On this day, Ruth had 38, Rogers at 45, and Mickey's at 44. So they're ahead of Ruth's pace, and they're still neck and neck. Roger makes his 45th hit, and the crowd boos the shit out of him. (laughs) And we see Frick um, listening to the news, and here's that the president interrupted a press conference to say that Roger Maris hit his 47th and 48th home runs and is only six weeks left till the deadline and you see this scene they portray frick as really upset that roger might beat the babes meanwhile the actual frick would have been like this is great for baseball Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make more money (laughs) like i don't give a shit how close of a friend you are with a dead guy um if you're making money because of something (laughs) you're happy especially when it's your job to be able to watch baseball journalists Yeah. yeah Your job is to make baseball big, and baseball's getting big. Fucking right on. What happened to Meow? Pat has a baby. <laughs> and who does he look like? And he <laughs> looks like Babe Ruth. <laughs> but to be fair, all babies do. <laughs> That's why Pat, they called him Babe Ruth. Roger, Roger said because he was going to be home in three days, and Pat's like, well, the baby couldn't wait. 
but he really wanted to be there for that one. Okay, and uh, mm, Pat nice. and the baby starts to cry, and Pat tells him that the baby wants him to now, hit a home run. To be fair, even if he was there, this is the '60s where you have to go to the expecting father's room. Like yeah. he wasn't gonna be. He wasn't we gonna be there. We don't actually know that. Mm-hmm. That's that's something that we're told that in the '60s fathers didn't get in the room, but I suspect that that's an old wives. I think that that's an exaggerated time. I don't know. They did not the have Lucy. And a lot of people back then still had midwives. Oh, I so. they slept in separate beds. Too. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the later seasons, they pushed the twin beds oh, together. Oh, okay. Which is weird that they just get one bed, they just push twin beds together. Like, fuck it, we got we put them together. You don't think Ricky Ricardo was down to pound? I mean, <laughs> what are we even talking about? He was going to babaloo. Oh, yeah. goodness. So then we cut to him arriving at home. Yeah. Oh, wait, she says hit a home run. He does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and then uh, 29 games left to break the record. Roger goes home to see his family. There's press all over his lawn, and he's fucking furious. And you can just see how angry it is that he's like, people... Where'd you get this address? Where did you get this address? This, this is his home and his private place, and he was so looking forward to escaping all this nonsense, and that here sucks. they are just all over his and lawn. And he says, folks, this is my home. Go away. Get off my grass. He's pointing <laughs> as they're walking up. That was awesome. I love that. Get off my grass. <laughs> Cranky old man Roger Maris. And he's got a bat somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. I know. And he knew how to swing that fucking thing. But... Mickey comes over for a barbecue, and Pat asks Mickey if Roger's okay. And Mick's like, well, it's tough with the press being after him and all the pressure, but he's having a hell of a season. (laughs) And um, the phone rings. It's a crank call of the worst kind, someone threatening to kidnap their new baby. And um, it's pretty scary, and the police come, and they're going to have the cops sit outside their their house. The police are like... Most of the time, you don't get advance warning of a kidnapping. Yeah, they're not going to call So they're probably just fucking with you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is you know, true, I think. I mean, they got to take it seriously. And that night, you see Roger unable to sleep holding the new baby as Pat and all the kids are sleeping in one bed. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, they're just afraid to leave their kids alone. And you can just see how much Roger loves his family and is so afraid for them. And that same night, Mick gets uh, drunk and calls Merlin, wants to talk to his boys. And she's like, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> they're asleep he's like well what time are they going to get up to go to school <laughs> it's, like, August. it's August it's August <laughs> he's like man I'm stupid <laughs> and, you, and you can see that I mean this is a, I think a great act this scene. is one of those scenes that Mickey told Billy, Billy Crystal about so it's dead on <laughs> and if it's not dead on it's because Mickey was drunk and doesn't remember because <laughs> yeah. I was like man he just like passed out mm-hmm. but I thought he had you can see the progression where he's drinking less. Like people are offering him drinks, and he says, no. I'm right, but at the barbecue, he said, Mick, you want a beer? Yeah. And he's like, no, this is fine. He's drinking and, like lemonade. And you can see, like, he sees Roger with his family. He sees how much they love each other and how much his kids mean to Roger. And he misses his kids. And he thinks, starts thinking about his wife. And they, I have no idea about their relationship. I can't imagine it was good. And I don't know if it got... <laughs> all, the, all the I don't know if it got better after this. Yeah. Like... After the season, after he was hurt, after maybe when Mick retired, I don't think so. But who knows? But you know, you got to think: how hard is it to be? How hard was it to be Mickey Mantle's son? That I mean, can't even imagine. Well, like being Michael Jordan's son, I'm sure it cannot be good. I don't know. Being Will Smith's son is evidently weird. Have you seen that kid? Fucking weird. Or Bill Cosby's. Son. Bill Cosby's son. Yeah. I would not want to be Bill Cosby's. No. But Michael Jordan's son, I mean, you just say, I'm never even going to try to play basketball. <laughs> yeah. If I was Michael Jordan, you want to play basketball? Look, I'm a no. scientist. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Anything but basketball. I'm going to go play baseball. Like, he sucked at that. I'll be baseball. <laughs> All right. Roger's at 51. Mickey's at 49. 
And we see a bunch of news interviews where everybody is uh, pretty much shooting for Mickey. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to like Roger. Except for that one girl. But only one person in the interview was cheering for Roger and because everybody else is cheering for Mickey. Now, of, I am of the mind that if they ask, like, they ask a bunch of people, hey, who do you want to win? Some of them said Roger Marison. They just didn't show that on the yeah, news. Because the news is going to stand by. Sit down for this, fellas. Uh-huh. But the news skews things to their point of view. So if the news wanted Mickey, I know. The news wanted Mickey to win. So that's why they're skewing it. Even even if it did, the movie also is skewing things as well. Probably. Billy Crystal, yeah. yeah. Fucking and, Billy. Um, Next the, time I talk to him, I'm going to say, you know, I have fun in the castle. Well, it's, it's for the movie. Yeah, it helps the movie. <laughs> All right, fine. You know what, Billy? We're cool. We'll go, I'll be in City Slickers 3 again. At the end of this news program, the announcer says that he thinks that he heard rumors there's a rift. So, uh, and that they might be feuding. So, Mickey says... They're sitting on a couch together. Yeah, they're sitting on the couch <laughs> Meanwhile, together. Meanwhile, they're living we in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Mick's like, are we feuding? And Roger's like, I guess so. It's on TV. So he Mickey says, goes, well, fuck you. <laughs> and then he punches him. <laughs> and then, and then he the says, re- screw you, up yours or something like yeah. that. And then the reporter says really that cool. all the Yankees are pulling for Mickey. And Raj is that night. Raj takes it to heart, and he wakes. Yeah, and poor Bob's sitting there like, uh oh. And Bob, he doesn't know what to say, and he's He's like, he's like, hey, guess what, guys? It's time for Andy Griffith. Like, if these guys live together, clearly close. That he's like, they don't tell me about that stuff. But Bob should like, if they are, like, because they've all known him for so long. You guys live together. (laughs) You live in the same house. You can't be fucking feuding because there was a little bit of a rift between Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. But uh, as far as the rest of the team, are they all rooting for Mickey? He's like, they wouldn't tell me if they were because they know that I'm like your best friend. And if they are, it's not personal. Yeah. Whitey and Yogi, probably Mickey guys. <laughs> but They're pals for years. So yeah. I'm sure that the whole, I actually think the Yankees probably were rooting for Mickey. And it's not like they didn't want Roger to win, to break the record. They just really wanted Mickey to break the record. Mickey's I don't think either one of them gave a shit. They wanted them to both keep hitting home runs because it's better true. for them. But, like, yeah. wouldn't it? That's what would be. If I was playing on the team, that'd be my stance. I don't give a shit which one he's breaking. Both of you guys keep hitting fucking home runs. No, but, like, when they probably didn't think of it, I want Mickey to beat Roger. It was more, I just wouldn't I it be want, cool if Mickey, because Mickey, yeah. Mickey's my hero. He's the favorite. He's more gre- gregarious and, and, and he's cooler. He's been playing with He has his own theme song. Maris yeah. is uh, quiet and he's an introvert. He's the crew cut in Fargo. I just want to play ball. He's yeah. just he just wants to play ball and be with his family. He's a and very he personal guy. Team last year, he's not out yeah. hanging out with them guardians. Yeah. You see this? You see this all the time now. You see a, some star says something wrong and then they're destroyed. You know, and it's like fuck. Think about Roger Maris's Twitter account. God. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think he has. I'm not a big fan of New York. I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody would be having to do that on his behalf. Yeah. <laughs> well, meow. Dan has a meeting with Ralph, and he says that he wants to switch the lineup. And Ralph is like, "Well, you know, you can change the lineup all you want, but not while I'm manager. Ooh. I'm in charge. And uh, if you if you want to change, is working. And this is working. Like, and we're if, winning. <laughs> it's like if you want to change shit, then you find somebody else. Which is true because they're like, oh, well, we want you know we want Mickey to win. It's like I don't give a fuck. I want to win the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> the next game we see Roger hits number fifty three, and the crowd boos the shit out of him in his own ballpark. Mm-hmm. And um, ridiculous. There and Mick and then Mickey's up next, and after the horrible boos, Mickey comes up and just the roar of the crowd, 
and the report and the reporters are up in the press box and they're like, I've never seen him hand- get a hand like this. He's never been the underdog before. Yep. <laughs> and because he's ma- just been killing it. Yeah. But it's kind of amazing. Like you can and you can see it in Roger's face too. Like he just got all these boos and then Mick comes out and he just gets this wave. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be kind of heartbreaking if you're Roger. But well, he can't do anything right. Is the situation no, he's in? He's right. never makes them happy. <laughs> But Mickey goes to hit, and he swings, and he fucking tears something in his arm. Mm-hmm. Tear, pulls the muscle real bad or something. And uh, the next day, Mickey plays, and they're and they're asking him, you know, do you need some you time off? We need you to be healthy. And he's like, no, I'm gonna fucking play. And they're like, and Ralph's like, are you sure? He's like, I'm playing. It's like a Mickey he, man of a Christ's sake. And that day, he hits a home run. One handed. And. Because he's a fucking guy. <laughs> but uh, kind of like the you know, he's he was less than a, than a god or more than a man. You know, like the great Bambino. <laughs> you might have heard that recently. That's so, a direct quote from Sam. <laughs> Next, we see Mickey sneaking a girl. Which isn't house. quite as good as Holly Davis and the Marlboro Man. We'll get back to that. But the night he hits the one-handed homer, he, he goes out it. partying. That and shit was amazing. Lady and it's pretty ridiculous. And he go and he tries to sneak her in, and then he sees that Roger is awake. He's like, and like he fixes his, like he sees Roger and fixes his suit. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> what are you doing up? <laughs> Roger's like, I can't sleep. And then so Mickey kicks her to the curb. No, and she, as they're kicking her out, she's like, "Is that Roger Maris?" He's like, and Mickey's like, "Yeah." And like, <laughs> he kicks her out. He's like, "We'll do this another time." Close the door. Like she was dumbfounded because like. Evidently, she's in on this whole there's yeah, a robbery well, thing. The pa- we don't expect this guy to be living with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the papers all kept saying they were feuding, and then right. she finds out that Mickey Mantle lives with Roger Maris. <laughs> <laughs> this would be probably pretty jarring. Yeah. <laughs> and, she was uh, just looking for a good deep dick, and she wasn't expecting to find Roger Maris <laughs> at the kitchen table. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, you know, Mickey kicks a broad out to talk That's to Roger. Once. <laughs> oh, God. I can't. I can't. Sorry. I can't. Sorry. I'm, Sorry. Look, I'm just going to give my, John my notes and he can finish this. <laughs> 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 yes, I can't. Oh, you picked this done. movie. You I'm trying it. to get it done. I, I really only have a couple pages left here and you're look, making it take you forever. You picked this movie. It's your own fault. You should have known better. It's a really good movie. We'll see how I feel about it I'm in a minute. I'm skipping so much of what's happening. Too. I know. There's a lot going on. But, You're uh, doing really well. Keep going. They have a fight. So Mick kicks a girl out to be with Roger. I guess. Well, not really. Not like that. that. No. But Roger's <laughs> upset and he kicks out a girl and then they get in a big fucking he fight. He says, you're Roger. You're, you're, Roger and, you're Mickey Mantle for Christ's sake. And it's like, what's that supposed to mean? Mickey's and Roger's pissed because Mickey isn't taking care of himself. He just brought a fucking girl home for Christ's sake. He's drunk again. <laughs> and the team needs him. And and he can't fuck up his arm. He's playing with one arm. Yeah, he's and they, if they get to the World Series, they need him. And then like, Mickey's my, like, stop ahead. fucking feeling sorry for yourself all the time. You're in here crying and whining. And he's like, don't take all your shit out on me. It's not my problem. He says, yeah. look, my dad died at 39. Hodgkins. My uncles, none of them seem to age, pay, live past the age of 45. I'm going to live my life the way I want. And I looked that up. His father and his grandfather died of cancer because they were minors. And they breathed breathe uh, uh, iron and nickel and shit. They the black lung. Yeah. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't that he was destined to die young. It's just no, it was, cancer from But in his mind, he's like, all right. But No, I know, but he didn't know that. Yeah, it's not saying that it was hereditary. In my mind, it was like, uh, he's in his mind, he's like, you never know where you can go, so you yeah. have to live life to the fullest. <laughs> but I so, didn't think it was a hereditary type deal. But, yeah. but I did not know they had the black lung. They have a big fight. And then we see some scenes of uh, 
Roger starting to crack. He's reading fan mail, which is not very nice fan mail. It's, in fact, some hate mail. Well, he opened up a letter written in crayon. It's like, from a kid. Like it says, fucking threats. die, yeah. Roger. It has, yeah. like, a With noose a or something. Yeah. His hands are shaking, and we see him. He's starting to get a rash. Like, that would fuck me up, too, like if I kept getting pictures of, of Mickey Mouse and Babe Ruth hanging me. <laughs> All right. Like, okay. Mick's not doing so great, either. Not because of the hate mail, but because he's got the flu. Mm-hmm. And Shooter McGavin recommends this doctor and a magic Fucking Shooter shot. McGavin. Shooter McGavin took Mickey Mantle out. <laughs> Do you think he was a conspirator? Like, no. Like he was a Roger guy. <laughs> I, like, like, like everybody, oh, Mickey, Mickey, but he was the one fucking Roger man. I think that this was a shady doctor who really did not have a magic <laughs> shot. Look, this is Sammy Davis Jr.'s doctor. Okay, Honestly, watch talk. when he said, I have this doctor and he'll give you the magic shot, I thought... Steroids. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking 1961, what could be in the magic shot? Heroin. <laughs> Make it feel better. Well, shoot her together. It could have been anything. We don't yeah. even know. Could have been a little cocaine, <laughs> heroin, and steroids. Put that Pepsi. in you. And Pepsi. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Mickey gets this magic shot, but the needle was dirty or whatever, but it gives him some horrific infection in his hip. Yeah. And that and looks not like... feeling better. <laughs> they show a scene of it, and I can barely yeah. look at it. It's It's, it's bad. <laughs> It was CGI. <laughs> Meanwhile, Roger's hair starts falling. Well, out. Roger gets more is reading some more of his fan mail, yeah. and Mickey sees. Stop calling it fan mail. <laughs> Fans don't send pictures of you dying. And Mickey sees all the hate mail. And he says, "Hey, I look pretty and, good in that one." <laughs> and Rogers tells Mick about his brother, and he's and about his life growing up in Fargo, and. His brother got polio. His brother, his brother was a better ball player than he was, and he, and he probably wouldn't even be playing if his brother hadn't gotten polio. Yep. And, that and he, this guy's hitting 61 home runs. And he tells yeah. him that his brother Rudy died, and his parents started fighting all the time, and it really tore everybody and their whole family up. But nobody outside the family knew, because you kept all your business private. Like you should. And that's how he was raised, and that's how he is. He keeps all his stuff private. So to have these people coming after him and have the press always in his life, it's really hard for him. And he doesn't know how to talk to the press, and he doesn't know what to do. And um, it's just really fantastic. And this way he tells him that the press said he was a draft dodger. Yeah. I mean, and he's like, look, I couldn't. I tried to sign up for the Army, and they wouldn't let me because of my knees. And then the press accused me of being a draft dodger. And, and Mickey tells him, you don't even need to read this. And Roger's like, I have to. I got the kids. I got to look for he the said, ones for the kids. Said, believe it or not, there's a couple in there that are really nice from the kids, which is probably true. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to respond to it. And Roger. I would, yeah. And he's the kind of guy that probably wrote back to every kid that wrote to him. Because, <laughs> you know, there wasn't many. <laughs> I don't know. It was, just, it was just for giggles. I'm just... Oh, man. Nice. But I'm, I'm sure he got, you know, they're, again, they're the doing this thing The ghost of Roger like, Maris is going to hit you in the head with a bat. He's like, ow, fucker. But they're showing again that every letter he opens is a death threat or something. Yeah. But I, I, I'm strong. 90% sure that it was, probably wasn't that many. Like, yeah, he was opening up mail, and a lot of them were, were but, really nice and things like that. But, and then uh, to Roger's birthday, we see Mick starts to tell him about how he's got this infection, and he tells the guys that he's got an infection and the restaurateur wants Raj to come over and take a picture with no, his nieces not Raj Both it's Roger and Mickey mm-hmm. can you guys come over and get a picture uh-huh. of my nieces they're nice college girls, girls. <laughs> well the pick of Raj yeah, they're, they're evidently the hooves well, well they I might be nice college girls no they no, are they're, the whore, they're hookers the they're not it doesn't matter what these girls are because the press paints them as ladies about town and Roger being out with ladies about town 
Child. And Pat. Well, how would you take that? And Pat is pissed. She's really embarrassed, and she, he's like, "It's not true." And he's and Pat's like, "I know it's not true, but it's embarrassing." He's like, "Look, Mickey's in the picture." He's like, "Look, when they ask me to take pictures, I have to take pictures. <laughs> what am I supposed to do?" Like, and she's would, like, "Look, how would you feel?" I know this isn't your fault, but it's like fucking up my life here. <laughs> and she's. I mean, I gotta agree with Pat here, but I also agree with Rogers. Well, like, what gotta, the fuck you want me to do? Pat, Pat, he's like, it's these blood-sucking, cock-sucking yeah. asshole Pat media Pat just wants fuckers. an apology and wants Roger to say everything's gonna be okay, but Roger's cracking under the pressure and can't handle her being mad at him, too. She's like, look, I've got everybody in the world fucking bitching at me. I don't need you to do it, too. <laughs> then we see the next game. Roger in the outfield, and there's a fan dressed like the Jeez. babe heckling him from the crowd. And daring Roger to look at him, and when Roger finally does, the guy fucking throws a chair at him. <laughs> he calls him a piece of shit and throws a fold. Where did he get a folding chair from? Yeah. Well, you can see there was like security guards and stationed throughout the crowd on these little folding chairs. Oh, they weren't doing a very good job here, were they? No. <laughs> They but then have and to the best in. part it of was the a really job. fucking good throw too, because it yeah, literally. Almost. Almost got him. He like, he, and Mickey the, runs over. Yeah, the like, best the part about this scene is he's like, this is Mickey's town. Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. And the first person to give that guy shit was With Mickey, Mickey Mantle. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get out of here. He's like, get that guy out of here. And then the umpires try to want Maris to leave because the crowd's all riled up. And they're like, fucking no, he's not going to leave. And Ralph gets all up in the guy. And Mickey's so telling like, Roger not to get thrown. Down. And yeah. Ralph all is all in this rage. Yeah. Uh, Ralph's gone. like, it's up to him if he wants to leave. You want to leave? No. Then he's staying. Yeah. <laughs> but after the <laughs> For game, some reason, Mickey Mantle's still there trying to push in. And was like, Mickey, would you go away? <laughs> but like, we're not going to let the fans kick him off the field. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> after the game, he's hiding in the press in the training room from the press. Like, and I all would. the reporters want to talk to him, and he doesn't want to talk to anybody. And this is where he finds out his hair has fallen out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Roger. He's not going out there, and he's not talking to the press any fucking more. It's, I guess it's like their press guy. He's like, dude, you have to go out there. And he's like, no, I need you to protect me from them. Yeah. And you're not doing so, well, like it. He's the press agent for the Yeah, Yankees. like you're letting them treat me like shit. <laughs> you're not doing anything to help me with this situation. So mm. suck a bag of dicks. <laughs> but... Like a whole bag yeah. or... <laughs> Do you suck each one of So then we see... <laughs> Do you take a whore bath after? <laughs> right. Then we see Mickey's gross infection. Wow. And then... It's like a fist-sized hole in his thigh. <laughs> you his see hip. his bone. <laughs> it's, it's real. <laughs> All right. So then we see Mickey and Roger out to dinner. Just the two of them. Quiet night. Neither one of them. Yeah, Roger's coffee. having a cup of coffee. And Mick's got a Mickey Coke. Mickey says, look, I'm taking care of myself. I'm drinking Cola-Cola. <laughs> it's like, um, you much sugar's in that? Well, There's probably then. cocaine in that, yeah, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing a great job. I'm off the booze. Yeah, what are you on now? The hard stuff. Mickey, <laughs> the Bolivian Mickey, booger sugar. Mickey tells Roger about when he first came up, and he was so nervous, and he couldn't hit anything. Because he gave and number they, six. And they sent him back down to the minors, and he still couldn't hit. And he called his dad because he was going to quit. So his dad had come out to thank Kansas Bruce, City. Kansas, Kansas City's where City. it was. God, she sucks at that. Well, fucking tell the story. <laughs> no, go ahead. You're doing a good job. I'm so anyway, the guys, the big guys, had their numbers were sequential. Yes. And so they gave him the next number. Ruth is three. Ruth is three. Garrick's four. four. Joe DiMaggio's five. And they gave him number six. six. The big and, guys, as she called but them. But he just couldn't. 
He couldn't do he it. He couldn't and handle the pressure. Was like, look, I thought I raised you better than me. Well, his, his dad comes to pick him up. Um, quit being a bitch. Packs up all his stuff and says, come on, you're going to come back with me and work in the mines for the rest of your life. Ooh. And then you'll get the black And black then black. he says, I, you're, you're just a coward. I thought I raised a man. <laughs> and Mickey said, I started hitting after that. And then they made him number seven. seven. And thank God, because he hated number, number six. six. Roger Maris, by the way, is number nine. <laughs> you know number six is? No. no. Look it up. <laughs> I think I... Uh, shit. Was it Yogi? Was it Whitey? That was a rare animal. I don't know, and no, I, I don't care. Jeter, <laughs> Jeter maybe? Mm, interesting. Jeter. All right, so... Um, but then he tells Roger that he's, uh, he's all worn out. He's out of the race. He's all yours if you want him. You go get that fat fuck. Joe Torrey. Oh, Joe Torrey. I don't know who that is. Mickey is like this infection in my hip. Um, he was the manager in the late 90s. Yeah. I can't play anymore. I'm out. Yeah, so he's out of the home run race. So Roger hits number 58. Uh, Jeter's number two. So Roger is on the phone with Pat, and he wants Pat to come to Baltimore, but she can't. Mm-hmm. And a local. I mean, they have like four kids. <laughs> a local radio, a local TV station has hooked, has made it possible for Pat to watch the game at her some TV magic station. voodoo called Closed Circuit. <laughs> yeah, but Roger, he's having a heart. He really needs Pat to come. He wants her to come up and stay through the series. So like, I really need my wife right now. And Everybody hates she's me. like, I don't yeah. know. I she's like, I don't know about the kids. And he's like, Pat, Pat, I really need you. <laughs> and. uh she doesn't you, come. She's like, I to need Baltimore, you like like the, but like she does the plants come. need to rain. Mm-hmm. Like so, heroin needs an arm. We get to Baltimore. Uh, that one's a bad example. <laughs> and Milt had an exclusive interview with interview with Roger. And yeah. Roger stands him up. Yeah. And Milt has the a fantastic fucking monologue here. Cause he's been the whole the season we've seen Milt and Artie. And Artie's writing all the shit. And Milt's like, but, I mean, he's doing the best he can. <laughs> Milt is a... And do you know why he actually missed this interview? This is a fun trivia thing. Elena. No. No, I was going to say because he said he's not going to talk to the press anymore. He went to go see a kid in the hospital. Oh. They left it out because that's one of the big, you know, in all sports movies, someone goes to see a kid in the hospital. And Billy Crystal didn't want to do it, even though that's what actually fucking happened. But Milk gets really pissed, and there's a great monologue here. But I'll save it and for later. For my office. favorite line, ah. I wrote it all down. It's two paragraphs. <laughs> I don't even know what Elaine's favorite line is. Go. No, she's. He's but, like, look, I've been rooting for him the whole, the whole season, time. And, and now he stands me up, and I'm over. I'm over. I'm it. done. No more. And uh, now he's making me look bad. So Roger is totally freaked out about playing in Baltimore, and he goes to Ralph before the that's game. That's where the babe is from. That's and important. he's like, look, maybe maybe I sit this one out. I'm not feeling so good. I want to be healthy for the series. I just want to take a break. I just want a break. Don't you think I deserve a break, Ralph? And Ralph is like, pull your shit together, man. He's he's gotta a, uh, he says, you got to play. He says, pack up your skirt, grab your balls, and play a game. Well, he Lost. says, Mickey, uh, Bob's going to need <laughs> surgery. <laughs> we need. All of our main characters are not in the movie anymore. Yeah. We need you out there. We need to, this you to need clinch to, the series. Put your plot armor on and let's go. And uh, Ralph says, I tell you what, you play the first inning, and if you still want to come out, you give me a look and we'll take you out. And he says that all the, all the big players are always bigger than baseball. You're one of the ones that's been. You, maybe yeah. you don't want to be, but right now you're bigger, bigger than, than baseball, baseball and you got to play. 
you're the reason people are coming. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe not exactly. Even that. if it's just a heckling. Well, make <laughs> They're heckling you while they watch you do great yeah. things. <laughs> so, like, if, hey, if you, sometimes you got to play the bad guy. Ric Flair made a whole career of people hating him. <laughs> as long as there's an ass every 18 inches, you're doing a good job. <laughs> All right, so this is his last chance to beat the record in the... Allotted amount in, of time. In the allotted amount of time. Yeah. And he comes up and he hits number 59. <laughs> 59, baby. But, and the, the guy's like, looking at him like, do you want to come out? And he's like, nope, I'll stay in there. Isn't, this, isn't Mickey still, Mickey's there and he's Mickey's sitting down. Mickey's there. He's and he just goes, wrapped up and, and he's like, I was in a John, what happened? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Roger even good. smiled. Mrs. Ruth is in the crowd, and she did not smile. Because they portray her as someone who didn't want Babe Ruth's record to ever be broken, and that's not, I don't know, I don't think that was actually true. At this point, he had all the records, so. I I don't know. Except for um, the consecutive games. That was um, Lou Gehrig, the Iron Man. And the other record that he really loved that Whitey Ford broke this year. Yeah, which they never mentioned, which was he had uh, 29 and two-thirds innings in a row in the World Series on no-hitter. So no one had hit off because he was a pitcher as well. No all, one really, all I know is I never, no talks about I that, never walked into 7-Eleven and, and bought myself a Roger Maris. <laughs> but you have bought yourself a, a baby, baby Ruth. Ruth. Well, that was named after the president's baby. Was it? That's what they say, did not pay Babe Ruth. Ah, smart. The record is <laughs> his record of 29 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless World Series innings pitched with ironically was broken in 1961 by Whitey Ford. Which is just without Johnson. Also, <laughs> the piece of trivia right under this is right-handed Anthony Michael Hall portrays left-handed pitcher Whitey Ford. All scenes with Hall pitching were shot with the actor wearing reverse insignia and numbers, and then the film was flipped, so it appeared that he pitched left-handed. <laughs> nice. This is the same technique that was used with Gary Cooper when he played Luke Gehrig in Pride of the Yankees in 1942. Did you ever see that movie? Carly, Good have you ever heard there. of that movie? No. They also had the Pride of St. Louis. Didn't, did Pride of the Yankees win an Oscar? I don't know. I feel like Pride of the Yankees might have been a Oscar. Uh, I know you only see movies that won Oscars. <laughs> you know who you know who was in the Pride of the Yankees? The Gary great Bambino. Co- you know who was in the Pride of the Yankees? Gary Cooper. No, the great, <laughs> Babe Ruth was in the movie. All right. So, anywho, there's a great scene where they eat Babe Ruth's hat. Who did she play? <laughs> <laughs> Some girl, Baby Ruth. Okay, so that's the same guy. <laughs> so he hits number fifty nine, but. It's fucking windy as shit, and he can't, and he strikes out the rest of the time, and all, and his or his balls are all short, yeah. so it doesn't look like There's he's talking about like hurricane force winds. So, but <laughs> who plays baseball on a fucking hurricane? So it's it's done. It's out. He's not gonna have another chance. But what's this? Mickey becomes the leader we've always known he is. He's got to be, and he gets the team to get a rally going to get Roger one more at bat. One more chance to break the record. This is high drama here, folks. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. I just, and, I, know, I know what's going to happen. And he gets up, it's like and I'm Roger there. goes out there one more time. This is going to be it. This is going to be number 60. But the bo- the Red Sox GM calls a timeout, makes a pitching switch. Mm-hmm. He brings in Hoyt Wilhelm. Wilhelm. They only bring him in when they have a big lead. Look at the big glove they got to bring in. Fucking Bush Leaguer. This Hoyt Wilhelm has the the most feared pitch in baseball. The knuckleball. The knuckleball. It dances, it floats. There's no spin on it. You never know where it's going to go. Even if you hit wood, 
You don't know. It doesn't go nowhere. And the guy playing this guy was actually a knuckleballer in the Major League. I didn't. I saw that in the trivia as well. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just learned that like ten minutes ago. And Roger hit. Roger does get a hit. He gets wood. Mm-hmm. But it's a weak squint. To, and Hoyt catches it and then tags him out. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. He can't get the record in 154 games. Pat comes up. Because Ruth's ghost kept pushing those balls back, the fat fuck. Mm. There's mm-hmm. some really... And again, a ghost of a Yankee. Boom, motherfucker hit yeah. me. All right. So then Pat does come up. She's mm-hmm. going to stay for the rest of the series. Roger gets a fancy suite. At the Grand Marais? His wife comes. Sam Marais. And she's like, ooh, look at this suite. <laughs> and she shows Roger picture, pictures of his kids. She's got updated pictures of the baby. And he's just sitting there looking at his kids. And you can just see him loving his kids. And Pat comes over and he, he tells her, I, I couldn't do it, Pat. I just couldn't do it. And she sits on his lap and just hugs him. And it's wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful. She tells he's wearing a hat. And she's like, are you going to keep that on? And she wants to see... And she's like, it's not that bad. <laughs> she loves him. You only really lost some of your hair. Bald is beautiful. <laughs> I really like the way this relationship is. Just, <laughs> they just love each other, and it makes me happy, because that's how I feel about my husband. <laughs> yes, I and I remember it. when we were started dating, what else was going on around us? <laughs> <laughs> There's five games left. Both Mickey and Serve were, are in the hospital. <laughs> and uh, Pat is uh, sitting with Mrs. Ruth. Mm-hmm. And she and uh, there's She's like being nice it, and gracious, and Mrs. Ruth is being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't think um, she was that much of a bitch, but Pat. Well, they're sitting with um, the press agent as well, and uh, he says to Mrs. Ruth, "Don't you think it's exciting? Wouldn't Babe have been excited to see two to see a Yankee going after his record?" And this is where she says, "No, I don't think the Babe would have been happy at all. He loved that record, <laughs> but but he loved the pitching record. That's true." And. I, I mean, I don't know. The Babe might not have been happy about anybody beating his record, though, because it sounds like from the things that I've read and seen that the Babe really just loved the Babe. Uh, yeah, the Babe but was we, kind of a... He was really nice to kids. He seems to have been a douche, <laughs> a little bit of a douche bag. Although, it's hard to say with famous people because you never really know what they really That's like. True. From all From all accounts, he was really nice to kids and very giving to kids. Yeah. It's like uh, Malcolm Reynolds said, you know, ain't nobody... Ain't never seen a man... Had a statue made of him that ain't some kind of a son of a bitch or another. Yeah. But <laughs> don't ever meet your your was it? Heroes. Don't ever meet your heroes. Yeah. In other news, Roger hits number sixty. Good job, Roger. Ooh. <laughs> I'm pulling for. Him. But then, what? Four more games go by. Oh. Mm. It's the last game of the season. Oh. Last chance. High tension. Goes out there, and wouldn't you know it, sixty-one. Hmm. And it's just <laughs> slap hands, slap you hands. You get Mickey and uh, Bob are in the hospital together, watching it on TV, and, and mix- Bob's holding that like rabbit antennas, <laughs> yeah. yelling at him. It's like don't move, don't move. He's like, what, Mickey? What? Say, so you used to call me Crazy Joe. Well, now you can call me Batman. Oh wait, no, that was lean on. That was and no. you see, Roger hits the ball, and then he starts running the bases, and Bob says he ran that out just like it was his first. And after he gets to home plate, Roger goes in the dugout. And everybody's well, cheering. And, well, no. No, he does. He goes in the dugout, and the crowd is cheering, and Pat starts a Roger chant. And the guys push him out of the dugout, and he kind of waves his hat, and he goes to go back in the dugout, and they wouldn't let him back in. <laughs> so we just had to smile, and he looks for Pat, and he's, this is 
the, the friendliest is, Roger has ever been. Which is what you do in big moments like this. If your wife is in the audience, you look for her and you wave at her. <laughs> Hi, honey. That evening, Roger goes to see Mickey. Roger's like, I thought you'd be out celebrating. He's like, well, we're, I'm going out with Pat. <laughs> no, no. the best part was, is when he comes in the door, Mickey's playing solitary. He looks at him and goes, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of that scene. And Rod, they have a moment. They have a moment, and Roger tells him, you know, you would have done it. Mm-hmm. He's and like, ball, no, it was you. Girl. You did it. No, nobody's <laughs> ever going to take, take that, that away from, from you. And uh, it's a good moment. And then we flash back to the future. <laughs> and we so see Doc Brown <laughs> and we see the news footage of or the footage of Mark McGuire beating the record and Sammy Sosa coming over because they were racing for the record that year and they both beat it by the way and uh, you With see him over there had 65 I want to say no was it I think so like but, 64, you, but you see Sammy come over and congratulate him and it's and the Maris kids in the um, stands and you see Pat in the hospital crying and watching it and then we get the and everybody knew who the fuck Roger Maris was for a year we see you know, we see the press conference with Mark McGuire talking about you know talk seeing Roger's bat and how it emotional it was yeah he touched it with his heart and how honored he was that it's his like bat touched it would be steroids. I mean my heart <laughs> lying next four to him forearms five arms that guy's head got huge and Not then like he was real boastful but no his head literally then we have the closing voiceover <laughs> Saying that the single season records was in effect until 1991 when Faye Vincent um, ordered that there would only be one record. Because at that point there was more games than 161. A season was a season, but Roger had died six years earlier, never knowing that the record was his. Mm-hmm. He knew. Well, He walked around for the rest of his life going, fuck Babe Ruth. The <laughs> end. And the year after that, he didn't have, like, he had a good year, but he didn't come anywhere. He never came close to that many home So, John, I'm going to let you talk first. What'd you think? Well, I'm glad you started with me, because I get to, you can't steal my shit. I don't care if we have the same shit. I don't care if we have the same shit either. My favorite character I have, I still have such a hard time whether I'm going to pick, because your only real choices are either Mm going to be Roger or Mickey. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go with Roger. I could pick Bob. I thought you were going to pick me. (laughs) <laughs> I, I gotta go with Roger because um, he had a really hard time and he was such a nice guy even though he wasn't Mr. Personality mm-hmm. he was a good guy so I'm gonna go with Roger Maris my okay. favorite character my least favorite character I'm gonna go with um, the news reporter Art mm-hmm. Artie yeah, already. That's what I said. Because mm-hmm. fuck that guy. He was such a pain in the ass. And he just mm-hmm. kept misquoting Roger. And Roger kept giving him interviews. He's like, why would you keep doing that? And he's like, oh, this guy. Fuck you. You want to quote? <laughs> Eat a dick. Um, <laughs> Speaking of quotes, do you have a favorite quote? Oh, yes. My favorite quote is where they're eating eggs. And he goes, and Mickey's eating them. And he goes, looks like someone likes them, Bob. And Bob says, you like those? He goes, oh, no, they're shit. But I'm in a bit of a slump. I'll try anything. <laughs> um, which also my favorite tertiary object the eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my favorite scene, God, I have a hard time with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with where they're watching the news together and is like, hey, are we feuding? they're feuding. He's like, are we feuding? He's like, yeah, well, fuck you. And he goes, mm-hmm. up yours and hits him. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'll yay this movie. I've, oh, yeah. I'm the reason you've seen this movie. That is true. <laughs> because I saw this in 2001 when it came out and Elaine didn't want to watch it. 
I don't want to want to watch this. And then I well, like, I mean, he kind of made me watch it. If you were it. a baseball fan at yeah. the time, I mean, and she's not. She did not give a flying he fuck about baseball. He used to watch baseball when I read. Now I now you know now he watches weird YouTube videos or wrestling or whatever <laughs> when I'm reading. But that used to be what I would what he would watch while I was reading. Oh, you're watching baseball? Let me get a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then one day she like absorbed it through osmosis and then she watched, actually watched it one time was like, this he is made a really me. good He's movie. He's like, you're really going to like this. And then I watched it and I was like, you're right. And she was like, amazing. oh my God, walked around singing the Mickey Mantle song for years. It's like, <laughs> it's like when we watched, um, oh man, what the hell is that? Warrior. Warrior. Like, you're like, I'm not going to like this. And then you're like, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See, or I might not see, like so it. So I've been doing know. this shit for years. Right? I'm not new to the game about being like, no, watch this, you'll enjoy it. I ain't new to the game, so start fucking trusting me, people. Jesus Christ. All right. I'm the same way, man. Jason X. Nobody was <laughs> a believer. Nobody was a believer. You know what, Tony? I'll you weren't a believer. Tony, I'll tell you, that movie is amazing. But not in the same way. That's, that's all we had to hear. It's amazingly... All right. You know what? Speaking of uh, what talking. Tony thinks about movies, what'd you think of this one? Oh, that's right. I forgot we were doing that. Yeah, I'm letting Carly go la- or right before me because it's her birthday. So Favorite then, character? It's my birthday. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. There you go. Favorite character, Mickey Mantle. Mm-hmm. Least favorite, Babe Ruth's wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> favorite scene when they push Maris back out to the, uh, the dugout and he takes a bow, you know, does the hat thing. Uh, my favorite line is that whole thing uh, when he tells him that he's bigger than baseball. You tend to act like it because mm-hmm. that's what all these heroes do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite tertiary object are the giant f- flash bulbs that the cameras have on them that look <laughs> like they would kill vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are ridiculous. And uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not a baseball fan, but this is a really good movie, so I will nay it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said that's a really good movie. Elaine started writing. I know, that's what I said. Uh, I don't know if you, friends, I don't know if you know this, but Elaine keeps track of everybody's yay, nay, may, bay. So she has yay, nay, may, bay. And she was writing Tony, and then he said nay, and she stopped after the T, like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's why I did it. But yeah, definitely, if, even if you're not a baseball fan, this is a really good movie. The writing on this is really great. Yeah. Mm. Carly. All right. I'm glad you put Tony in between us because we do have a lot of similar answers. <laughs> Carly, I've noticed me and you do have a lot of, in common for these things. We usually have the same, at least one or two things. Yeah, well, favorite character, Roger Maris. See? Least favorite character, Artie Green. There you go. The evil reporter, I wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> evil reporter. Uh, my favorite scene is when they're trying to watch him from the hospital. And they got the bunny ears. And mm-hmm. they're like, up here, over there. <laughs> What's up a leg? My favorite line was John's favorite scene. Are we feuding? (laughs) (laughs) They said it on TV, so it must be true. Well, fuck you then. (laughs) Up yours. (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite tertiary object is the nasty X. (laughs) There you go. This movie, in the beginning, it was slow, and we were kind of like... How long? Like, it, like how long it's is a this? long movie, and it was it's slow in the beginning, and I'm like, oh lord, what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> it was good. Because if you don't know the history, you're like, what? What is this going to be about? Yeah. You know. But then slowly it builds, and you're like, oh, I get this is good. And we watched it on YouTube. I kind of wish that. Um, Tony's incoming thoughts were actually Amanda can you set up the Chromecast so we can watch it on the TV because I didn't want to watch it on my phone or on my computer but I she was on HBO Chromecast. Go when we have is, that. But... our TV doesn't have that app oh yeah oh. so um, 
she had it on the Chromecast. But, it is on HBO Go. But uh, yeah. she had left the Chromecast at her friend's house. So oh. then we watched it on YouTube because Tony didn't feel like trying to do the HBO Go through the mm-hmm. Xbox or whatever. Um, <laughs> I kind of wish we had figured out a way to watch it on the TV through HBO Go because ours had Spanish subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I speak enough Spanish that it's distracting. distracting. <laughs> it was no bueno. <laughs> and the eggs didn't look green. They looked like gray. <laughs> Mucho distractiones. <laughs> and a couple scenes were a little like fuzzy almost. Mm. But anyway, it was still good and I still liked it. So, so, you're still so you give it a deal. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Elaine. Excellent. Okay. So, Looks like Elaine's going to get a four-way yay. Well, we don't know. She may not hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like My favorite character yay. is Roger Maris. I love Barry Pepper. She does. He's fantastic. When she and picked this so movie, underrated. I was like, I know her favorite character, her favorite line, Such probably her favorite scene. But I'm like, every time I see Barry Pepper in anything, and it might only be for you know three scenes, I love him. He's mm-hmm. so good, and like, I just wish he was. She'll doing watch the movie Knockaround Guys, which by all accounts is not a good movie, it's only because Barry Pepper's in it. It's we, fucking terrible. You want to see here. a terrible Vin Diesel movie? You watch Knockaround Guys. Or any other ones they've done. But yeah, <laughs> we we looked at a picture of them on the way here. They actually look like Mickey Mantle oh, yeah. and yeah, they Roger Mantle. I was like, oh my god. They, well, like, this really is some good, good casting. <laughs> Fun fact, Thomas Jane had never played baseball before until he got this movie. He had well, he's a shark wrestler. So. Yeah, that's true. All right, my least favorite character is Mrs. Ruth. Wow. Oh. I'm the Tony train with that. Um, my you favorite pick, you scene. Pick similar stuff too. My favorite scene is everything from the opening credits to the closing credits. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried to isolate my favorite scene, and I just don't have one. I like them all. I like cream. like the scene when he has the open wound. Uh, that might be my favorite, your least, least favorite. favorite everything, scene. Okay, everything from the opening credits to the open wound, and then after <laughs> the to the closing credits. It's a very fun window of dislike. Right. My favorite line is this monologue by Milt, and I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh-oh. And <clears throat> this time, shall read it. Spare me that everybody under a, a <clears throat> spare me that everybody under a lot of pressure. What do you think my editor is going to say when I show up? there empty-handed you know there isn't a man in america who wouldn't give it all up to play right field for the new york yankers yankees yankees <laughs> the new york yankers wouldn't give it all up to play right field for the new york yankees not a man he doesn't understand that so don't give me any sob story about a man being paid thirty-eight thousand dollars a year just to play baseball he's been curt he's been rude he's been sullen he's been moody and i've given him the benefit of a doubt but I've had it, Bob, because now he's making me look bad. How many times do you have to pause the movie to write all that down? I'm not telling you. But I really, it's just, and it's Bless. the actor's delivery of the, he's been curt, he's been rude, he's been sullen, he's been, I just love the, I love that. While he's wearing makes his me happy. white shirt, black suit, black tie, and All right, my favorite tertiary object is, of course, the eggs, but. I knew that. I will go with my backup favorite tertiary object, which is Bob's toenails that, <laughs> oh, God. that end up in Mickey's food. And <laughs> Bob says it'll eggs. probably make him taste better. Because <laughs> yeah. he's eating the eggs, and Bob wow. is clipping his toenails on the coffee table, yes. and Mickey's like, I'm trying to eat there. And then Bob clips one, and it lands in his egg. <laughs> and he tells <laughs> Mickey, it'll probably make him taste better. <laughs> it's really funny. Yikes. 
this Bob had a couple of good lines. Yeah. I like when he yeah. was like, look, I'm not good enough for them to talk about me in the news at all, so quit your bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, my favorite Bob line, believe it or not, is when like Bob say hi to Merlin. He's like, hi, Bob. <laughs> so I say hi, Bob, and he's like, hi, Bob. This is just a very good movie, and it's got a lot of great dialogue and a lot of great scenes, and everybody should find a copy and watch it because it's worth your time. And you know what? For your... You should watch this, I guess. I just want to hit the button again. <laughs> or if it's your un. Because <laughs> you only get one. <laughs> oh, Stop it. But, you get, but you get 364 un. <laughs> this is leapier. <laughs> then you get 365. All right. Anyway. All right. Carly? Carly? Oh. <laughs> I forgot. Please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast, on Twitter at unmovie podcast, and on Instagram at unmovie podcast dogs. Email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Please watch all of our previous episodes. Please listen to all our previous You don't want to watch Don't this. watch <laughs> We had a technical difficulty there. Oh. And next week on the podcast is John's, John's pick for Carly's birthday. I'm going with a movie with Ryan Gosling Uh-oh. and Emma Stone. How are we going to say? You already did Gangster Squad. They do a lot of movies together. <laughs> oh, you go with La La Land. Everybody loved that. That's the no, 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 no. I'm going with the third, the redheaded stepchild of Emma Watson and... Ryan Gosling movies, Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, that's what it's called. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we were talking about this about, I don't know, two, three hours ago, and Elaine was it was driving her crazy because she could remember the name of the movie. Look, so there you go. I only got four hours of sleep last night. And I've been up for hours. Mickey who? Now, did you mention that the first one is actually Mickey Mantle, and yes. all the other ones in the movie is Barry, not Barry Pepper, Thomas Jane. Thomas I did James. read that uh, Mickey Mantle, he never did the call Babe Ruth thing, but he did walk up to the plate in like the last hit of the game, mm-hmm. and uh, they were tied, and the other beta batter walked up, and he goes, you can go ahead and sit down, this game's over, and then he hit a home run. He's <laughs> like, pretty fucking badass. Well, he's Mickey fucking Mantle. Yeah. Look, it was under two hours. Woo-hoo! I was surprised because she was. I saw you skipping a bunch of stuff, and I was sorry I didn't know anyone. 